Hello, mamas, and welcome to the Natural Birth Co. Podcast. Today, we have an amazing birth story with Nick, and I'm actually really interested to share you this story because it's quite a different dynamic to what we're used to, right? Usually on the Natural Birth Co. Birth Stories, there are Natural Birth Co. mamas, so I kind of already know the gist of what's happened, and we're just getting kind of down and dirty with the details. However, Nick, I have actually never met before today's podcast, and she was actually put in contact with with me through my girlfriend, Caitlin, from her women's health physio. Now, Caitlin has been working with Nick throughout her whole post-first baby postnatal recovery and then in preparation for her second pregnancy and birth and postnatal recovery from her second pregnancy and birth. Now, what makes Nick's birth story super duper interesting is that she actually experienced a third degree tear with her first baby and that comes with a lot of different struggles and expectations and different bits and pieces that we don't really fully grasp or understand. So especially for our women out there who are experiencing third or fourth degree tears and are really living in that experience, especially right now, probably feeling quite alone because that's not the most common thing. You will feel so much relatability and insight through Nick's birth story, how she overcame her third degree tear and how she actually went on to have a normal vaginal birth for her second babe with only a second degree tear which is obviously very easy to fix easy to heal and she had a wonderful experience from that Nick's biggest takeaways from her birth that she explains on this podcast and I'm so grateful for her amazing vulnerability and openness on this podcast is that you know you've got to really speak up for what you desire, really demand what you want when the time permits, and also to have a really epic advocating birth team, which she absolutely had in both of her birth experiences. So you guys are getting the real and raw excitement, surprise, shock on my behalf, because this is the first time I'm hearing this whole entire story as well, and I just can't wait to share it with you as well. I just wanted to mention a couple of things before we jump into the episode. So first of all, we have our, um, what would you call it? I guess a Christmas party natural birth coat event coming up very soon, probably in November, maybe December. I'm not entirely sure on dates yet, but I'm actually going to put a little poll out to you guys to see when suits you guys best. So if you're keen to come, jump over to our socials so you can keep up to date when that's happening and ideally even jump on the poll and let us know when works best for you. All of our Natural Birth Co. members like in the past or in the current are absolutely welcome as well as anybody else who hasn't even engaged in our services but you want to come be in the festive spirit and get around some pregnant and postnatal women it's going to be really really fun so if you're keen jump on over to our socials and in addition to that last thing is that we've actually just opened up a wait list for our 2024 Abitants Birth Workshops now, these are actually, this has happening, been happening behind the scenes for a little bit with people I've been in contact with. So we've already sold a fair few spaces of the 2024 workshops. In the January one, we've only got one space. And in the February and March, we've only got two or three spaces left so far. So if you want to jump onto that wait list, I'll put a little link in the show notes, but you can also jump over to our website and go onto the classes and workshops page or just send me a message and we can always talk about it there. 
Thank you so much and I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Birth Co. We help women and their partners prepare physically and mentally for a natural and empowering birth experience. With pregnancy yoga, Pilates and workshops, all led by our registered midwife, we have a studio here on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. Otherwise, all of our services are available online. You can learn more at naturalbirthco.com. If you wish to advertise on this podcast, you can visit naturalbirthco.com forward slash pregnancy dash podcast. Now enjoy this ad-free episode. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, Nick. No worries. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I am. I was just saying to you before, I'm really interested in this dynamic. So for those of you at home, this is the first time I've actually met Nick. So she's had two little bubbers and I have no idea what the birth stories entail, but you were actually referred to me by um, my good girlfriend, Caitlin, from her women's health physio, who has done a lot of your care in pregnancy and postpartum and has shared that you have an amazing story that's going to benefit the mum is so much. So I'm super excited for this and I'm going to be just as shocked. You're going to get the real life, excitable, shocked, questioned Amy P. Love that. So good. Okay. So do you want to introduce yourself? How many babies you've got, their ages and stuff like that? Um, So I'm Nick and I have two beautiful bubbers. Um, Bonnie was my first rainbow baby and she's just turned two. Cool. And then I've got little Robbie who's five months next week. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And um, okay, so how old did you say Bonnie was? Just turned two. Just turned two. So it was almost three years ago then that I guess you guys had fallen pregnant. Was there much of a preconception journey for her or did, was that quite an easy space for you or what do you reckon? Um, so we got married in the September of 2020 and decided that once we kind of got married, that was what we were going to do. September 2020, that would have been COVID, fucking difficult. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. It was a hard year. Um, I just moved back from the coast as well because I taught um, out west for the two years um, wow. straight out of uni. So I'm a teacher. Um, so yeah, coming home and dealing with all that. Um my original plan was to kind of wait um, a couple of years and travel and stuff and then COVID happened. So I thought, meh, I'll yeah. just have a baby, you know, <laughs> what else is there to do kind of thing. So true. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, we planned that and originally I fell pregnant in November of 2020, um, but we lost that bubba um, two days before Christmas that year, unfortunately. So um, that was really hard for my partner and I um, because... Like I worked with kids and um, had seen lots of different parents and things like that mm-hmm. and people that kind of, you know, you kind of feel that don't deserve children and can and um, just trying to understand why and what happened. Um, yeah. So that was a really difficult time. So um, I thankfully passed bub naturally and there was no complications. So we were able to fall pregnant again straight away. How many weeks was that? It was just shy of eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Miscarriage is such a wild thing, isn't it? And it's completely random, so far out of our control, Mm. but it is very emotionally quite hard to go through. It's so common. Like I know the stats say one in four, um, but I, for me, I needed to share that publicly. So Mm -hmm. when I fell pregnant originally, I told lots of people Mm -hmm. um, and hubby was very against that because he, in case something happened, he used Mm -hmm. to say. And I said, that's the reason why I want people to know in case something does happen, then mm. I have that support network there. Mm-hmm. It's not a shameful thing and I want people to know. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if that I put that into the universe, <laughs> um, but that happened, and I yeah, thankfully had people around me that. Um, so my immediate family and friends had never experienced miscarriage, fortunately for them. Wow. Um, so it was very new territory for them. But I had shared it on Instagram on Christmas Eve as part of my grieving as, you know, mm. um, you know, I was 26 years old and told that I could be losing a baby and, you know, I was healthy and we never had any issues and I always cared for myself mm. and um, not really something – not that when you plan to have a baby that you – plan for that to happen if Mm. that makes sense like I was aware that could happen and I'd been around people that lost babies and things like that um but not in my circle yes so I think that was the difference for me so I posted it on my Instagram and um I had so many messages from so many women that were acquaintances were friends were and they had messaged me and shared their story wow and I was very grateful for that experience too to not feel alone and that Um, there were other people that were, because I had shared, that they then had shared as well. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Yeah, it was just really beautiful. Like a horrible thing to connect over, Mm -hmm. but a beautiful thing um, to have that community reach out and to have women so raw and honest. So um, I I think it was uh, not last year but the year before, um, reached out to a clairvoyant who messaged me and stuff and said, um, asked if I'd lost a baby. And I was, uh, uh, yeah, I think she asked if I'd lost a baby. And I was like, yeah. Um, and she said, do you know what you were having? And I was like, no, it was too early on. And she was like, do you want to know? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she said it was a son. And I'm very spiritual like that. So for me, that was a lot of closure. So yeah, um, she said that he was there and he was looking over us. And um, my daughter was playing with something in the house. Um, and we assume that it's a child. Um, and then when we found out that we, you know, well, he was looking over us and that yeah. perhaps Bonnie was playing with her, her elder brother. Aww. So that was really beautiful and really comforting for me. It gives me goosebumps. That's yeah, so it was sweet. Beautiful. It was very emotional to go through. Um, and she said that he wanted the family name. So, um, we had Oliver Christian picked out. So Christian's my husband's middle name. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't have any connection to that. Like no one in his family was given that name. So for us, we wanted to carry that name on. So we decided to name him. Um, mm-hmm. and we bought a tree and we have a little mandarin tree in the backyard that's dedicated to him. Beautiful. And that's our little thing. So um, we have like close family and friends that know of that. And I think it's hard to, with a miscarriage, when people ask you how many kids you have or when you're pregnant, if it's your first baby. Mm. So that was something I dealt with a lot, obviously, being pregnant with Bon. Mm. Um, Family and friends were fine with it. That, you know, that was my spiritual belief and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to name the baby I'd lost and... um, you know, have that connection with him, mm-hmm. even though I didn't know for sure if it was a boy or a girl. Mm. Or, um, yeah, that was kind of comforting for me. Um, so they've been really supportive with that. And I know some people that have and haven't. Um, I've got lots of friends that have lost lots of babies and it's mm. too painful for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, each person is different and I respect their beliefs and mm-hmm. they respect mine. So, um, yeah, so that was a big thing for us. So I fell pregnant straight away after that mm. in the January because I thought that would fix the pain. Mm. That was my fix. I just wanted to be pregnant again. I just couldn't handle that. Yeah, um, right. 
And I did a lot of like research and stuff and looked at lots of people that had lost babies and stuff on Instagram and things like that. And Mm. um, a lot of them had said that – so when you first find out you're pregnant before a loss, that joy and excitement that you don't kind of go, we won't say anything because we might lose this one. Mm -hmm. And I think of like the first time I told Matt I was pregnant – I found out on a Friday night. I wasn't going to test until Sunday, but I thought, no, nah, bugger it. And I bought a test on the way home and I did it and I hit it and it, like a very, very faint line. And I remember my best friend saying, a line is a line. And I was yeah. like, holy crap, my heart leaped out of my chest and I hit it. And I was like, I'll do it in the morning and see if it's definitely going to work. And I had a digital one. Uh-huh. So five o'clock finally rolled around and I'm like itching in the bed to get out of bed. And I was like, bugger this. So I got out of bed, yeah. peed on this stick and it came up pregnant once too. And I was like, oh my God, my heart, I don't know what to do. Like I was sweating and I was so excited. So yeah. I like stuffed them in my nighting, ran back upstairs, jumped into bed and I waited and I waited and he just wouldn't wake up. And I was like, dude, wake up, wake up. Like started being like really annoying. And then he woke up and I was like, I have a gift for you. And I was like shaking. And I had this onesie made that said Baby Taylor. Uh. And I gave him, I threw this onesie at him and he was like, what's this? And then I held these two pregnancy tests up and I was like, I'm pregnant. Uh. And he was like, really? Like, yeah, really. Because like it was the first month we tried. Like yeah. it was like. It worked. Amazing. (laughs) So like that excitement and like, you know, we started planning right away. Like we would be due this time and if it was a girl, we'd say this. If it was a boy, we'd do that. Yeah. All of these things start straight away. So it's kind of when you lose a baby, you lose that life that you'd planned as well. Yes. Because it starts from day dot, exactly as you say. Yeah. You know, I'll finish work at this time. We'll have baby by that time. Christmas bubble will be this old. Like, yeah, it just kind of when that – is taken away when I felt pregnant the second time I was with my best friend because I was like I can't do this by myself I can't and Matt always wanted to be surprised that was his kind of thing oh yeah that's fine and I I didn't want it to be negative either yeah so I didn't want to do it with him in case I kind of wanted to protect him in that way too right if it is negative I don't want him to go through that um because that was definitely a fear that maybe I couldn't have babies Mm. Not because of this miscarriage. Yeah, it's not in my family or anything like that. I've never had any issues. But it stems out straight away. Straight away was like, oh my god, what if I have to do IVF? What if? What if I can't have a baby? Oh my god, like that's that's and I'm a planner, so Mm -hmm. that's always been my plan. Like I was going to be a mum and I was going to have a big family, and this was and I was like, what? What if I can't do any of that? What do I do now? So all of these things were kind of racing through my mind in the two weeks you have to kind of wait from like conception to finding out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was with my best friend and we tested on the Monday. It was too early. And then the Thursday she was like, hold your wee, go to the gym, hold your wee, come straight here. And I was like, right. So I've like beelined it straight to her house from the gym. It was like a 30-minute drive. (laughs) Got in, she's given me this yogurt cup, gone in, done it. She's done, dipped them in and I was like watching it. She's like, don't watch, just, just chill. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then we sat, then we flipped them over. The digital came back positive and then there was a line on the the normal one. Wow. So <laughs> this is the January. Yeah. Yes. And I burst into tears and I was like, oh, my God, thank you, thank you. And she's like, why are you thanking me? I was like, no, no, just like being here and stuff. So it was just an amazing feel. I was like, okay, I can get pregnant. Like that's, mm. that's one hurdle that I know – I don't have to jump as that. Obviously, yes. you can get pregnant. This is the second time. Okay. Yes. 
And then, I and was especially like, straight oh after God. a miscarriage, like I think that's that can often be quite difficult, you know. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. You're yeah. pretty freaking fertile. Yeah, <laughs> that's in my family. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's still like I've definitely inherited that, which is good. But yeah, so I found out, and then I think I waited two days to tell Maddie. Um, that would have been the hardest thing to it not was say. Hard, but I was also like, do I tell him? Do I not tell him? Do I wait? And I was like, you can't hold a secret for yeah. that long. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> so I was like, no, I'll tell him. So I bought like a little onesie with rainbows on it Cute. and a little pair of socks and put a box with a couple of tests in it and told him we were going on our first date night for the year. And I was like, I have a present for you, but I was filming. So I kind of gave myself away. <laughs> in, in the video, you can see he's like, what is it? What is it? And I'm like, just open it. Just open it. He goes, you're pregnant again, aren't you? Oh. And I was like, just open it. <laughs> and he opened it and his first reaction was joy and he cried. Aww. And then it turned to fear. Yeah. And he said, let's just wait. Let, let's just wait. Let's not get too excited, he said. And that yeah. cut me. Like that was really hard that, yeah. you know, that excitement was there for a very short minute mm-hmm. and then it was fear of, mm. you know, I don't want to get too attached again because that hurt. Yeah. And that's obviously how he processed it. And, like, we obviously process it differently. Like, Mm -hmm. I carried the baby. He kind of didn't have any control over what happened and just had to trust that my body knew what it was doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that would have been hard for him as well. Mm. Um, And we're all so different. We all process in our own ways. Yeah. It's just so hard when something's so intimate and you guys are so in such an intimate relationship and then – you have different beliefs with this sort of stuff. It can make it yeah, tricky. Definitely. Yeah. So we, I said to him, he was like, let's just not talk about it. Like, don't tell anyone. And I was like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I need the support mm-hmm. because if, if this happens again, I'm going to have to lean on people. Yeah. So I need to tell people. I said, look, I understand that you don't want to tell everyone. So we'll wait to publicly announce yeah, for yeah. that kind of safe mark of 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Ash already knows because I was – she tested with me, so she knows yeah. that I'm pregnant. Um, and I want to tell my family. So yeah. originally with the first baby, we I surprised his family. Um, I think it was the week before I lost the bub. Um, I told them at like our little Christmas get together. Yeah. And I had little socks in his mum's present to uh, show them. And then I was going to tell my family at Christmas the week later. Yes. So my family didn't know. Yeah. I think my mum knew. I told my mum early. Yeah, I told yeah. my mum the day I found out, actually. Yeah. But, you know, my dad and my siblings were supposed to find out at Christmas. Like, yeah. I had for my dad a little pair of Christmas socks, like baby Christmas socks Cute. in his present. And yeah, we had, a like, a thing because we were going to have Christmas together and that was my big thing and then it didn't come yeah. to be. So it was a bit of a shock for them because they didn't know I was pregnant too. Yes. Like, my dad was like, oh, I didn't even know, like, yeah. you were trying or – so I kind of felt like they missed out. So I said to Matt, look, I feel like they missed out on the joy of that early part yeah. of me being pregnant. So I want to give them that this time. Like I don't yeah. think it's fair. I Do you want me to flip them back over? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you missed out. You get stuck on your belly. Hi. There you go. Hey. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I wanted them to know. So I was like, right, it'll be them and I think maybe another friend. I can't remember who I negotiated, but it was definitely my family. And I said to him, it's up to you if you share it with your family. Like yes. That's, 
your family, I totally understand. I'm happy to like wait if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but if you want to tell them, you can tell them. Yeah. I'm going to leave that with you because I don't know whether, you know, um, he thought maybe they would deal with it differently. I'm not sure. Like they, from what I'd heard, I didn't. They didn't really share anything when I, we did share that we'd lost the baby. So I don't know whether it was something mm. they just too painful and none of them talked about mm. or if none of them had experienced it. But obviously they didn't share, so I didn't pry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always been open and honest about it. So, mm. you know, if they wanted to, that, that they could. But mm-hmm. um, that wasn't something that was shared. So, yeah, whether that's their kind of experience and that's why Matt was more worried about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... We told – I think he told them after the first scan we had with Blonde to confirm, like, dates and stuff mm-hmm. um, and showed them the picture and stuff, which was really cool. So yes. eight weeks. Yes, perfect. So, perfect, and yeah. And then we told um, my brothers at eight weeks. Mm-hmm. My sister, I feel bad, um, accidentally kind of found out, so I was having bloods done with her. And she's like, why are you having bloods done again? And I was like, oh, no, because she was coming into the room with me because she's funny with blood tests. So we we're going into the same room and I was uh, like, the lady's going to ask me how far along I am now and uh, and check things because it will say that we're checking, you know, levels for pregnancy and stuff. And I was like, damn it. I yeah. Can't hide I didn't this. fully think this through. <laughs> so I was like, um, pregnant again? And she's like, are you really? Yeah. And I was like, she's like oh my god why did you tell me this way and I said I did have a little way to show you I have a dummy in the car that I was just going to give you to look after yeah and that was my like cute little like here can you look after this auntie until I'm here kind of thing yeah and she's like damn it I was like oh well at least you find out before the others yeah "Mm, okay that's fine (laughs) but yeah she was like but next time I want to know first I want to be there when you pee on the stick okay (laughs) done so she was there for him oh cute (laughs) I was like, okay, okay, fair. <laughs> but, yeah, so I had my little support network there. Perfect. Because um, my big thing was before I got pregnant, I was such a planner <laughs> that I I read a lot of stuff with the hypnobirthing yeah. and, like, watched a lot of things on Instagram and things like that. Yeah. And, um, I always read a lot of the stories were uh, mums that had had traumatic first births mm. and then to go for a subsequent had done hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. And my philosophy was I don't want to have to go through that. Mm-hmm. I would rather just equip myself with the skills and knowledge now yeah. so that I'm empowered and that I can control as much as I can. Obviously, that has definitely taught me to let go a bit with what I've been through. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to know it all and kind of, yeah, be empowered and not have to have that traumatic experience first. Absolutely agreed. And that's the power of education is yeah. because the reason usually subsequent pregnancies are more prepared is because they then gain understanding of why it's important to prepare after yeah. their first time. Yeah. But if we can know that beforehand, as you mm. say, we get to just avoid that whole experience. Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. my kind of big thing too, why I like sharing my story with others. Like obviously I had a rough recovery with Bond, but the birth side of things I felt empowered and like I had control and, mm. you know, a few things that I wanted didn't happen and I reflected back on that and just – went even harder the second time to make sure that I got what I wanted. So Amazing. I'm big on that. Like I, when everyone says, anyone that says to me, I'm just going to go with the flow, I panic. Yes, me I'm too. Like, 
Okay. It sounds like cool and easygoing, yeah, yeah. but and it I'm is like, such a bad plan. Unless you're going to do that at home, I feel – Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, like the medical system – and they say that, that it's so outdated that mm-hmm. – you know, they just plan to intervene straight mm-hmm. away because mm-hmm. it's a less legality issue there mm-hmm. if they intervene and they're proactive rather than the aftermath kind Absolutely. of thing. Um, and like the stuff they preempt. So a girlfriend of mine that was pregnant with me at the same time, we actually met at school. Um, I knew of her and she knew of me and then we kind of were doing a PD and found out we were both pregnant. We were, uh. I think we're due 10 days apart, but our eldest are six days apart and they're the best uh, of friends. They're beautiful. Cute. relationship there, yeah. So, and she was scared of birth. She was terrified of birth. And right. I was like, look, I'm doing hypnobirthing and this is what I'm doing. And, yes. You know, and I just shared stories with her and was like, just find out. I was like, you yes. know, I understand that it's nerve wracking, but I feel like maybe if you know a bit more and what to expect yes. and what your rights are and what you can do mm-hmm. and what your body can do because mm-hmm. um, she wanted a natural birth. She didn't want like medications or anything like that. She wanted to go into labor naturally, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um so I just kind of like flicked her some of the stuff I was doing and had a chat to her and she definitely um, started to ease off a bit and wasn't as nervous about birth. So, so how powerful is that? Yeah, just little things. I was like, I don't want to push – it's almost like a religion down her throat kind of thing. Totally, like, totally, yeah. Like, you birthing uh, some sort of birthing yes. like anything other than hospital. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, that's definitely my kind of philosophy with that. Yeah. Because so. did you have entering pregnancy and then kind of like moving on for the phase of like this pregnancy is continuing? Have you got any or did you have any beliefs around birth or preconceived ideas from things you had heard about before falling pregnant? Or did you feel quite, you know, positive towards birth? Pretty positive. Um, my mum had four of us, so mm. she always spoke positively about birth. Um, she had a, a quite significant tear with me, um, but then went on to birth bigger and bigger babies, you know, with that, and the last one being over 10 pounds. So she never made birth scary. Um you know, she went into na- labour naturally. She didn't use anything, that kind of thing. So it wasn't a big scary thing. Um, my aunts um, had issues and had to have C-sections and they mm. spoke positively about theirs and what happened. And um, one of my aunts really wanted to have a natural birth, but it just didn't work out. Babies weren't in the right position mm. and uh, all sorts of things. So she elected for a, a cesarean for the third mm-hmm. and that made her obviously feel empowered in that mm. she had that choice and she knew that that's what was going to happen. Absolutely. So I didn't really have anyone around me that had a negative birth experience or, you know, had the, any of the scary stories or yes. anything like that. Um Obviously, you come across as soon as people know or see the belly, they think that it's open slather and they can say and mm-hmm. do what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mum was really good with that in saying that um, you just kind of take it and just whether you want to take on some of that advice or not or mm-hmm. you just get rid of it, just listen to what they have to say. So good. And the more research I did, the more um, it taught me that the birth stories that women tell you, even though traumatic, that's their trauma that mm-hmm. they're working through. They're not actually trying to scare the crap out of you. No. They actually haven't processed their own trauma yet. Absolutely. So for me, some of that was letting them 
tell their story because I was like, obviously you have not dealt with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you need to find ways to deal with that. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. I know that can happen. I know things can go wrong. I know Mm -hmm. I could die. That Mm -hmm. worst case scenario. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, that is the closest you come to death is Mm -hmm. being pregnant and birthing a baby. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing what our bodies can do. Mm -hmm. And I just had to have that trust and that faith that my body could do the right thing. And I'm a big believer in um, positive thinking and, you know, putting out those positive omens and Mm -hmm. things into the universe so that, you know, things can happen the way you want them to happen. Yes. So if you're going to dwell on it and be scared, fear obviously with birth is not a good thing. So yeah. I didn't want to be fearful of it. So I yeah. just empowered myself by informing myself of what, what could happen and yes. best practices and all that kind of stuff. And having that solid belief already that you had in that, you know, birth is natural, birth is empowering, birth is a normal thing to go through. Like yeah. I, I'm, my body is going to be able to birth most likely. That's just such a great baseline to enter pregnancy in. So for example, you could kind of hear those stories from those women and really lean into that core belief that you had. And something that I always recommend for, <laughs> oh, Baba, oh. for our other mamas who maybe don't have quite solid beliefs in that and they do enter pregnancy with a lot of fear yep. towards birth. Yep. I would probably t- – I usually tell them, you know, try not to take on other people's stories or let them tell you their yeah. story because this isn't the time. That was big with the hypnobirthing um, was Kylie always said um, – when people say anything, you say, thank you, I'm doing hypnobirthing. I don't right. want to know. Yeah. Um, because she was big on, um, like like I said, the positive stuff. So surrounding yourself with people that were positive about birth and mm-hmm. positive about pregnancy and things like that. So kind of getting rid of that negative kind of stuff. Because mm. a lot of, I found with hypnobirthing, um, the perception was that you were like some sort of hippie and you thought you were going to have this pain-free birth. Like, mm. who are you joking? Let me tell you what birth's really like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you obviously had a hard experience. That sucks to be you, but don't ruin mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I second Absolutely. time around was obviously easier just to tell people, I've done hypnobirthing, I'm doing it again, so don't need to know thanks. Yes. Um, whereas first time around – yeah, people seem to think, well, you don't know anything. So yes. I'm going to inform you. I'm going to tell you what it's really going to be like. Yes. So that was frustrating. Um, but, yeah, the hypnobirthing with Kylie was just great in that she kind of told you that that kind of thing could happen. Mm. Um, she kind of told me what kind of responses I could use, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So I contacted her quite early on because – as I said, I'm a planner, so I wanted yeah. to make sure I got into the right group at the right time and yeah. um, planned all that out. And um, I did a lot of research with postpartum stuff as well. Cool. Um, I kept moving my body while I was pregnant. I kept training um, how I was, made some adjustments, obviously, that needed to happen, started pregnancy yoga. Cool. So all the kind of stuff that I thought would help my body prepare for birth, you know, trying to eat as well as I could. Yeah. You know, being so go in the sense pregnant. of pregnancy preparation, gym work, yoga, yep. hypnobirthing, yep. anything else that you just said? Eating well. Eating well. No, just, yeah. I just kind of do my own research really. Yeah. Just on yeah. bits and pieces. Like the hypnobirthing stuff was really good in that it um, obviously educated you on stuff, but I looked further into other things like – um, I looked at different ways to check dilation because I didn't want um, mm-hmm. exams. 
So I looked at things like the purple line. Um, there was some one of them with your ribs that the more fingers that they had between you kind of like under your breastbone and your rib cage area to your belly meant that you're further dilated. Interesting. Yeah, it was a really weird one. And then like um, just a couple of other ones that were um, used but not as um, research-based, I suppose, that yeah. the hospitals would say. That is correct. So, mm. um, yeah, I just – and I looked at why they would do an exam. So it wasn't like I'd never have one done. It was like, okay, if things weren't progressing and – or, you know, something had happened and I wanted to know where baby was or, you mm. know, if there was something in the way or if baby had turned or I don't know, something like that, mm. then that would be when I would be open to an examination. Mm. But for them just to go, yes, you're X amount of centimetres, you can come in and no, you're not kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I was very vocal about that. I was with the MGP mm. through SCU, um, very vocal about that with my midwife, who was brilliant. She um, was a younger midwife and was up on all the kind of hypnobirthing, hands-off kind of practice, mm. which was great. Um, so she was all for it. So And I just kept going through things of what I did and didn't want. Um, and she talked about like um, – kind of keeping the perineum intact and like mm-hmm. doing the warm compress um but i'd planned to be in water so she was like then it's completely hands off and mm-hmm. you do you like the water will help that mm. so you know she talked about all these different things of like okay well this is usually what happens or textbook stuff we have to do mm-hmm. um all you have to say is that you don't want it and we're good to go mm-hmm. and i was like okay cool great so good so she was really good with that um which was good. Um, everything was kind of normal post the 12 week stuff. So, obviously, the first 12 weeks of Bond's pregnancy was pretty um, anxiety driven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, we had the 12 week scan stuff. The bloods came back weird. Mm. So, I was at work, stupidly took a phone doctor's appointment. Uh. And he said, Look, your markers have come back a bit funny. Um, you're in a very high risk category for a Down syndrome baby. Ah oh, shit! So I hit the floor. What sort of yeah news to get it back? Yeah, as you would. Um, for me personally, I if there was a higher chance of there being a defect with my baby, um, would not have gone through with the pregnancy. Yeah, because I don't know what kind of quality of life my baby would have had. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Knowing that that would have been my choice, mm. that was – I just fell apart. Like, totally. I said to my husband, like, I can't do this again. If this is what's going to happen, <sighs> I need a time. I can't – Yeah. If this is going to end, I'm done kind of thing. Wow. Um. So that was pretty hard and, again, had lots of great support around me who said, let's just take it one step at a time. We went and did the NIP test. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then everything came back fine. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so drama I was like, nothing. holy shit, are we done? Like, this yes. is insane. So, yeah. yeah, we got to 15 weeks before we kind of told everyone. Yes. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Very smiley. He's such a smiley boy. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so that was – once we kind of got through that, things started to kind of sail a bit more. Mm. Um, I obviously had a bit more anxiety around things that happened. Like I got sick, I think either gastro or food poisoning. And I was like, uh. oh, my God, I've read everything. Something's going to be wrong. I'm going to uh. hurt my baby. 
So I checked that, rang hospital, fine, everything was fine. I had a little bleed at like nine weeks, I think it was, with Bon. Oh, Panicked, wow. was like, oh, my yeah. God, here we go again. Yeah. It was fine. Had yes. all the checks done. So once yeah. I could feel her move around 20 weeks, I kind of calmed down a bit. Fair call. Because I could feel her. And Fair I, call. that's how I knew she was okay. Yes. So I did a lot of like the hypnobirthing stuff was great because there's a lot of meditation. Yes. So it's hypnosis, but – um, Had you been into it. much meditation before? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I did a lot of that um, through high school and stuff. And, oh, good um, on you. Did it in the classroom with the kids and things like that. That's pretty so, new age. Good on you. Love that. Yeah, so I love meditation. So that was very much something that, you know, helped me connect with my baby. Definitely. feel um, confident in my body that it knew what it was going to do. Yes. So um, a lot of that came with like the acceptance with the miscarriage too that – I was grateful that my body had passed something that was not working and mm-hmm. that my body had done the right thing and protected myself and mm-hmm. the fetus mm-hmm. in that obviously there was something wrong and my body has identified that and then expelled it the way it should have. So yeah. I was very grateful for my body for doing that and kind of the more I went through this pregnancy with Bon, the more I could see that my body was doing the right thing and mm-hmm. everything, you know, as I say, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you don't always know the reason, which kind of sucks, but mm. it was really good to have that as my kind of little thing that, mm-hmm. you know, my body knows what it's doing. So, mm. yeah, the meditation side of things and the hypnosis side of things with um, hypnobirthing was great because you practiced it heaps. So mm. um, we did it like every night and I had a playlist and, yeah, so that kind of helped with that kind of preparation and the mental kind of yes. load. Because I wasn't scared of birth. It was the pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> that yes. was just so unknown and you could there was nothing I could do to control that. Yes. Like at least with birth I kind of felt that I had some sort of control, I suppose. Like yes. I could decide what position I was going to be in or uh-huh. I could decide when I went to hospital or what playlist I had or, yeah. you know, I couldn't decide when she was going to come. That was just – yeah. I just had to let that be, um, which became very much a mind game towards the end. Because you have people, people that tell you that it go, you're going to go early are the worst. Uh, <laughs> They're actually worse than people that didn't tell you that you'll go up to 42 weeks. Fucking earth, yeah. Absolutely. We've got to set the expectation. Yeah, That's like, a whole module. Yeah. I was like, because a lot of hypnobirthing, they say um, – so it's a guest date or they kind of talk about like – so I was due end of September with Bon. So it was like when people asked when you were due, instead of saying the date, say end of September. Yeah, I agree completely. End of September, early October and leave it at that. Yeah. So I did that with him definitely but with Bon I was more like, oh, I'm due on my wedding anniversary. Yeah. So they gave everyone the date. And then everyone kind of like patiently waits, but so not patient. And no. they're like, wow, is the baby here yet? Like, yes. You would know. So when did you go into labor then? Um, so I had like pre-labor stuff the Friday night, so the 24th. So I was driving home from Coolum and I started getting like these just tightenings. Yeah. And it kind of came and went. And I was like, this For, is 40 weeks or about. 41 weeks? I was just shy of 40 weeks. Yeah, okay, so cool. 40, 40 weeks the next day. Oh, cool. And I was like, well, I'm full term, so it could be. Yeah. 
And I got stuck in a traffic jam on the way home and was like panicking that I was going to have this baby in the car. <laughs> oh my God. I'm by myself. There's an accident. This road is terrible. And they were coming like every 20 minutes. So I was kind of like timing it and it would come and then taper off again. And I'm like, oh, it definitely feels like what it's like. They kind of talked it, about it being like a wave, like it goes yes. up to a peak and then it tapers off again. And I was like, yes. mm. and that was every 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh, my God. And I got home. I was living with my mum and stepdad at the time because um, their house was being built. Yeah. So I got home and I burst into tears and mum was like, what's wrong? I was like, I think I'm in labour. <laughs> She's like, that's She's like, a good thing, okay, babe. It's <laughs> great. She's like, it's all good. It's all good. Aww, You're okay. And I told her what had been happening and she was like, okay, cool. Right, well, let's – do you want to set up up here or do you want to be in the bedroom? And I was like, up here. And she's like, okay, we'll make a dark space. If you're, is your playlist ready? Um, yeah. Do you want to get something more comfortable? Just chill. Yeah. And like I put everything on my phone because I was like, oh, my playlist isn't on my phone properly. Like it's still on the computer. And <laughs> she's like, it's fine. We've got time. It's all good. Yeah. So she set everything up for me and and I was like, do I ring Matt? And she's like, yeah, just give him a buzz and just let him know just to come home normal time. Like don't yeah. funny daddy around at work. And I was like, okay. Um, and I don't know if I – I think I texted him. I said, I think I'm in labour. I'm just kind of having surges on and off. Um, just kind of make your way home when you can. And he was, like, promptly home that day. It was great. Legend. Um, and I kind of, like – yeah, kind of laboured a bit for a few hours. So it started at, like – must have been like two in the afternoon because it was about 12 hours. So they started at 20 minutes and then they went to like between seven and 10. It was really irregular. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of sat on the ball, did some stretches, had the music playing, we made the room dark. I didn't really eat. I wasn't overly hungry. I had something like a banana or something, I think. Mm. Um, and then kind of fell asleep on the couch at like 10.30ish, I think. And I said to mum, can I just go to bed? And she's like, yeah, like this could be a long thing, darling. Like go to bed, have she a rest. She sounds like a legend. She was awesome. It was like having a doula. Like yes. She was just um, – was I really – that was always my thing too. I wanted my mum in the room when I so had a baby. Cool. That was always my plan. Um, my grandma was in the room when we were all born. Um, Beautiful. So – and I wanted to kind of give my mum that experience too. I thought that was oh, such a beautiful thing. And it with is. such a, a nice connection that I was like, that would be a really cool thing. Yeah. That and she knew what I would be going through too. Yes. You know, I love my husband, but he would never Understand. know yeah. exactly what I'm going through. So he was there yeah. for a different support and she was there for, a, you know, the, another reason there. Yeah. She yeah. kind of knew what I was going through and stuff. So. Yeah, so she stayed super calm and then so I went to bed. She's like, yeah, yeah, go to bed. That's fine. Yeah. And then I got back up around one, I think, and I was like, just the back pain was killing me. So I got oh, up wow. and did the heat packs. Good idea. And mum heard me, so she hopped up. And then they were rolling like minute by minute. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Oh, my God, I'm going to have a baby at home. So she rang the midwife and was like, look, this is what's happening. Um, and she wasn't overly concerned. She was like, no, nah, it's fine, just – Stay at home for a bit longer. Yeah. Because um, it needs to be like more regular for a longer period or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And I feel like at that moment I panicked. So everything stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all like, like, nope, never mind. We're not going to have a baby tonight. It's fine. Don't worry about it. What not do you ready think to was behind in. that panicking? Like, I guess initially Just when the it realization. Like, yeah. it was like from the textbook and planning of like, yes, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go into labor. I'm going to go to the hospital at this time. And yes. I'm not going to panic. And 
And then it was like, right, this could be happening. And I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not ready. Yeah. Even though I like was over it and so ready for the last like three weeks. But yes. everyone told me I was going early and I didn't. Yeah. It was like, nah, not happening. Interesting. And it kind of all tapered off and I was like, okay. And by about 2.30 I went back to bed and I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> Pretty tired the next day. So I just kind of chilled out and um, we went had our anniversary dinner like we had planned. And then um, I did a gym session I think that day. And then nothing, so I was like, this is really annoying. So I did, like, acupuncture and stuff by the Tuesday. I had some, like, leaking, so I went in on the Tuesday to see the midwives, but my midwife was away. Mm. So I had that kind of lingering there too with MGP. Like, she was my main midwife and she was away for four days of this particular week. Mm. So I either had to go on my due date or before or, Mm. like, the Thursday after, but mm-hmm. then had to be done before October because she was going back into birth suite to finish her uh, uh, graduate thingy or something. Yeah. Or other. Um, so that was really nerve wracking because I was like, I really want her because she understands me and she's going to do this. And da, 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 da. Yeah. So I went in Tuesday, had the other two midwives, and they kind of monitored me and stuff and checked and were like, yeah, there's a bit, but it could just be like discharge. It could, it might not be mm. your waters. And I was like, right, okay, whatever. So I was like, go and chill out. So I did my acupuncture, went to yoga that night um, and then woke up at four o'clock the next morning with pain in my tummy. Mm. And I was like, oh, I just don't feel good. And I got up and I was like, oh, okay. Tried to go to the toilet, nothing happened. Went back to bed 10 minutes later. I was like, oh, it's happening again. Maybe I do. So I sat on the toilet and I waited and I waited. I managed to do a poo and was like, right, that was it. Back to bed 10 minutes later, it happened again. And I was like, I really don't feel good. And I'm squirming around and I was like, Matt, you have to wake up. And he's like, what? It's 4.30 by this stage. And I was like, you have to go and get me heat packs. I need heat packs. And it felt like he was gone forever because I must have had another surge during that time. By the time he got back downstairs, I said to him, go and get mum, something's wrong because mum was upstairs. So he's like half asleep, poor bugger. He's like, oh, right, oh, here's your heat packs. Goes upstairs, mum comes back down. She's like, hey, hey, what's going on? I was like, I don't know, just it's like it just something doesn't feel right. I just don't feel well, like. It's just – and she goes, oh, okay. Because you keep going to the bathroom and, like, having an upset tummy. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, is it coming and going? And I was like, no, no, it's there all the time and I just don't feel well. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, okay. And she wasn't panicking and I was like, why are you panicking? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, hubby's like, do I ring the midwife? Do you want me to ring the midwife? What do you want me to do? And I was yes. like, yep, ring the midwife. Yes. So I think she got us through to five o'clock before, she, like, we rang the midwife. And they were like, okay, yeah, no worries. Like, it's all good. Um, If you think something's wrong, then you can always come up. But, again, they weren't concerned either. (laughs) And I was like, yep, let's go to hospital. Let's go. Whereas originally my plan was to labour at home and have music on and be calm. Was not calm. (laughs) (laughs) Panic station. And I think it was because the pre-labour stuff I had on the Friday night was that rise and fall and it went away. Mm. Whereas this kind of held on. Like when you have a period and you just feel crampy, like yuck. Mm -hmm. But then it got worse and then it kind of went back to the yuck base. Mm. If that makes sense. Yes. So I was like, no, this wasn't like the other night. There's no rise and fall. It's not letting go completely. This isn't it. Something's not right. Wow. So I drove to hospital, had lots of surges in the car. Mum kind of counted me in and counted me out each time. 
Got to the hospital, the back car park, like Maddie knew exactly where he was going. He Legend. was listening. He was ready to go. He had studied that. it. He'd done loops. He this is ready. my job. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so he got there and we got out and I had another surge in the car park. Um, and like I had this like I was going to wear this bra and I was going to wear that. And by the end of it, I was like, grab my dressing gown, let's go. Yeah. So I had my favourite like fluffy dressing gown on, which I didn't want to take because I didn't want to get like – or the goo all over. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like what? He's like, I lived just, in that for nine like, months. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I just just put my dressing gown on. Let's roll. Yes. And we got there and Matt's like, oh, do you want me to get the bags out? Mum was like, yes, darling, get the bags out. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's happening. And I was like, okay, whatever. I made it halfway across the car park and a security guard spotted me and brought a wheelchair over. So good. And I don't remember a thing from there on. I oh, closed wow. my eyes and I just breathed through them all the way up. So wow. next thing I knew I was in a room and I got out of the chair and got on the floor and was just kind of like squatting down and no one was panicking. And I was so like, good. and that's where my mind's kind of shifted into okay we're having this baby today you've got this oh my gosh nothing's wrong I'm just yeah. laboring and I think too for like I was told to stay home longer because of that kind of physiological birth and that when you feel safe you labor better da, 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 da. Um, we were staying with my my mum and stepdad and it was a small house and I just mm. didn't feel I had the space mm-hmm. if that makes sense so absolutely I don't regret going in when we did um, yes. I, my labor didn't stop when I went in uh, it was just that mind shift of, right I'm here to have a baby yeah um, Maddie got out all the aromatherapies he got out everything that I had he got Got it all out and he just moved around me and just like he had the scarf lifted my tummy and on my back and ah. the light touch and he was just beautiful and then mum was really good in like counting in and counting out with my surges what do you mean by that how does that work so when she saw one coming on so we had the lead lift index finger which meant i'm having a surge okay and she would time them and go okay you're coming up now and then she'd see me like really hold on and she go right you're at the peak you're nearly there breathe and you're coming back down again right and I could then cope with them because I knew that they were going back down again right that was the peak that's where I'm at breathe and you're coming back down so that was really good um to start with when I was like on the floor and then I ended up on the bed with heat packs heat was my best friend yeah interesting Um, I was really nauseous with my birth um, so I threw up a couple of times, kind of like transitioning between different positions. So mm. from like the floor to the bed, I threw up. They suggested the shower. So I went to the shower, threw up in the shower. Mm. Um, so I was on hands and knees in the shower for a while, back and forth. And every surge I had, I had to have a sip of water. Mm. So, f- so I wouldn't throw up. They mm. gave me like the little, um, the pills you have under your tongue. Mm-hmm. Didn't touch the sides. Wow. <laughs> Unfortunately. So it was a lot of breathing and a lot of breath work and mm. um, affirmations and stuff. So um, I stayed in the bathroom for a while. Ouch. <laughs> Did he buy it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's got a little tooth coming through. Oh, no. <laughs> little monkey. Hey. Um. Yeah, so surges in the bathroom. I went back to the bed because I got too hot, and they said yes. like in water, you have to, they have to monitor your temperature and stuff. And if you get too hot, you have to get out. So I yeah. got out for a bit and got on the bed, and then just heat packs again. And then I was kind of over that and wasn't coping very well there. Mm. Just I needed to move. So every time I had a surge, I moved. So on the bed, like I kicked my legs on my side. Yeah. Um, 
And then they said, oh, you can get back in the shower. And I was like, yep, let's do it. So I got back in the shower and I was rocking back and forth. Um, Standing? No, on hands and knees. Yeah, perfect. So I just did that. Um, And then they – so I had a student midwife who was beautiful. So she'd read my birth plan. She knew that she wasn't to talk to me. She'd come in so quietly. So it was just Matt and I in in our space. Mum would pop in every now and again. just at the right time. So she'd pop in so she could tell my breathing had changed um, and she came in with affirmation cards that I packed wow. and she just started reading them and then my breathing, I got it back. Isn't that amazing? So there was no talking. Um, it was all mum kind of just monitored my my breath and then obviously the physical stuff. So if she saw me clenching or like um, – yeah, she could kind of see me getting frustrated with myself and things like that. Mm. Um, she just came in at the right times and read me the affirmations and stuff. Matt what was dream. there with water and telling me that he loved me and yeah. I was doing a great job. And so that was really good. Um, Beautiful. So I laboured in there for most of the rest of it. So I went into labour at four and then it was by about I was 10 maybe. Mm. I was like, I'm done. I need I need a rest. And I said to mum, I just need a, I need a rest. And she goes, you're nearly there. You got this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, okay. And then I had a, an internal conversation with myself that I just needed a break. The only way to get a break was to have an epidural and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. This means you're nearly there. You could do this. Yes. So I kept going and rocking back and forth and I could visualise, it sounds really weird, the yeah. colour orange. Interesting. And so my hypnobirthing teacher was like, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I don't know why because one of the, the tracks we listen to is Rainbow Mist. And it's a yeah. lot about different colours and like my safe aura colour is purple. Interesting. It's my favourite colour. Because what is, orange is one of the chakras. Which one is it again? Is it the solar plexus? Something, yeah, I think just solar plexus. Yeah, interesting. I was Mm. just thinking whether it's to do with that, but honestly Mm. not overly, yeah. So I don't know why, but I just visualise this orange when I breathe through, like through me and down. So that baby, and I could visualise baby coming down and what she was doing. And then I got to a point where I kind of felt like pushy. Mm. And I was like, oh. I had a friend that said she she had that and she had to do a poo in labour. And I was like, maybe I need to do a poo. Yeah. So I said to Matt, oh, maybe I need to do a poo. I just, I feel a lot of pressure. Yeah. Anyway, the midwives came in. They're like, no, no, it's fine. Like, just sit up on the toilet. So I did. And then I roared. Yes. <laughs> out of body experience roar. And wow. I was like, Oh, man, that felt better. But I felt her shift and, like, a big shift inside. Isn't that amazing? I feel – and, like, you did lots of movement in pregnancy. Mm. You did lots of meditation. I'm a massive believer – and this is just an unexplainable thing that, in in my opinion, I put two and two together in that women who are aware of their bodies, their pelvis, how it feels, they're connected with their body and their baby – through movement, paying attention, yep. talking with them in pregnancy, that yep. sort of thing, you are able to just know stuff. And it's it's almost like no question in during the birth. Like I was even talking to a lady this morning and she's like, I got, she was telling me her previous birth story. And she's like, I got to 10 centimeters and they were telling me to push, but I just knew I wasn't ready. And I knew baby mm. wasn't ready. And it's like, nothing else needs to be said. That's just what it is and same as you in that scenario you can feel a shift Mm. you know yeah because i'd set up he's laughing at me he's like you're crazy (laughs) 
Hey. I wanted the bath. And so I didn't know. All I said was I want the bath. And mum was like, okay. And she went out and there was chatter with the midwives. Mm. Um, and then I think it was like 11.30, one of the midwives was going to go. And I got that urge. And mum had just walked back in the room with food and I panicked because I was like, oh, she wasn't even in the room. Oh, my God, she could have missed this. And I was like. No, I've got pressure and no one panicked. And I was like, okay, but I've got that shift. I've got pressure. Like, I, And that's when I was like, oh, maybe I need to poo. And then, like I said, I got up into the toilet, roared. Yeah. And then they kind of popped in and was like, um, is everything okay in here? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I think we just need to have a look. And I was like, okay. So I roared again and held on to Matt and like my all my surge pain went. And I was like okay, this is happening. And I was like, I want the bath. I want the bath. Yes. Anyway, they got the birth stool out and sat me on that and stuck the mirror in underneath. And I, I had my eyes closed, but then I looked, like opened my eyes and the mirror was there. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see it. <laughs> and they were like, and iron. And I was like, I want the bath. And they're like, oh, do you want to get in the bath now? And I was like, yes. Why were they umming and ahhing? Because they couldn't check how far along I was. Oh, I see, so I see. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Classic for my first baby. Apparently. Right. Um, so I should have been yelling and screaming by then apparently. Oh, um, it's so hard, isn't it? And like I – the reason I did hypnobirthing was because I'm such a sook. Like I have to lay down and have a blood test done. Like I don't <laughs> pain. I don't – I'm just – I don't cope. So I was like I need to do hypnobirthing because I need something. That and my anxiety, I thought that would definitely have helped. That's so good that you say that because lots of women, when they fall pregnant, they just think straight away, I've got such a low pain threshold. I'm an anxious person. There's no way I can birth naturally. I'm just going to go straight for a cesarean yeah. or an epidural. But you it you fucking just, can. It's, it's different. Amazing. It's amazing. It different, is different. Yeah. It is a different thing. Like, I think maybe because you get something rewarding at the end of it. So yeah. It's worth it. And, it's, and you've got so many hormones helping you along yeah. the way. And because you know. So, look, I've read a lot of and seen a lot of those, you know, I didn't know I was pregnant stories, right? And mm. if you didn't know you were pregnant and having a baby, it would be terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. But if you know you're pregnant and what's happening and you're in tune enough with your mm-hmm. body and knowing what's happening and what baby would look like mm-hmm. kind of coming down and being really in touch with that, I don't feel like it's that scary, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's a massive thing, mm-hmm. but it's not, yeah, not the scariest thing I've done. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So, yeah. But, yeah, finally got in the bath. Um, I didn't know any of this was kind of happening outside. So my mum had gone out and said, no, we want the bath. Um, And they were saying they would only put me in the bath if they could check. And my biggest thing in my birth plan was that wasn't what I wanted. Mm, So she was like, she doesn't want that. And they were like, we'll put her in the bath if we can check. So mum went back to Matt and said, this is what they want. Matt said, no, she doesn't want that. I didn't even know this was happening. What a man. See, that's the thing. Yeah, my birth partners, I didn't know a lot of this until after the fact. Mm -hmm. So for me, my birth wasn't traumatic. I mean, Mm -hmm. it took a different turn at the end, but it wasn't traumatic. Mm. It was finding out what had happened, which made my recovery traumatic I would say interesting yeah so because I didn't know what had happened I didn't feel like anything had gone wrong kind of thing or yeah. that you know it was a trend a tra- traumatic kind of experience so yeah um yeah I started bearing down in the bath and then um so you got in the bath even though you weren't checked yeah they finally let me in oh great so great, I got great. in and they were like still filling it um I bared down three times I felt her move and then they went hang on hang on hang on um, we have to get you out, honey, we need to help you. And I looked at Matt and I looked at mum and mum went, yep. And so did Matt. And I was like, okay. 
And they got me out. She was crowning. And I remember climbing out of the bath onto the bed with like my hips flared. I was like, holy hell, this baby's like coming out of me. And they said to me, hop on your back. And I said, no, I don't want to be on my back. Can I be on my side? And they went, oh, okay, on your side then. I'm so confused as to why this is happening. So my perineum. Sorry, continue with your way. I'm just suspensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (sighs) So I got out and they said, we need to cut. We need to help you. Your perineum is splitting. And I was like, okay, whatever. And the other mid, and I was like, okay, stay calm. Lots of people may come into the room. And I was so calm. I think because my birth partners were like, it's okay. You got this. We're here for you. You need to hop out. They do need to help you. So it was like, yes. They knew, they'd looked at the situation. They were kind of like, yeah, this needs to happen. From their logical mind that isn't infiltrated with hormones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's what the big trust thing was. So I got out, got on my side. And then they came in to do the episiotomy. So they numb it and whatever. Mm. And they tell you not to push. <laughs> I was like, I'm not. I remember yes. looking at mum and I was like, I'm not. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. My body's going to do it. Yes. Because um, I had the involuntary Yes, pushing. exactly. So my exactly. body was just doing it's it. It's an impossible thing it. to not it was push so when your body's doing it. <laughs> it was so hard. So she's like, just breathe, little breaths, little breaths. And I did. And then um, when they were ready, they were like, okay, when you're ready. And she was out in three bushes. So um, they did the cut and then they say when you're ready. Okay. Yeah. So they so, do it as you're pushing. Yes. So that kind of can stretch as well, I suppose. Um, so is then, that because yeah. when you were in the bath, maybe with the mirror, they saw, were you buttonholing maybe? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they saw that it split in the middle and there was hair because obviously she was full head of hair. So they saw that that was there and they were like, oh, this is not good. So they'd done the episiotomy to kind of save as much as they could. And then because I had the uh, reflex, I didn't control the pushing either. Fair. So she just kind of came through. Um, and she was kind of, I think, looking back to, they say she was on a bit of a dicky angle. So the head was or wasn't flexed, which other one is supposed to not be. Um, flex is good, deflex is deflexed. bad. Okay. She was deflexed, so the bigger part was showing. Yes. Um, and a lot of it, they say, could be to do with the positioning. So if I wasn't up on the toilet when that happened, if I was on a four still and in water when I wanted to be, that could have could have. Could have um, saved a lot of the damage. So I ended up with a 3B tear. Mm. Um some of it, um, so I just pushed this baby out, had her on me. We did delayed cord clamping, which was great. Um, she wasn't responding very well, like, color-wise. Mm. After about, I think it was eight minutes on the cord, and they were like, oh, look, she's not quite the color we wanted to be. She's kind of gray. She was still breathing and stuff, mm. but she was kind of gray. And they're like, look, we need to just check her out. Mm-hmm. I was like, Okay. Um, and they clamped Maddie cut it and they took her over and checked her out and stuff and just um, put an O2 stats monitor on mm-hmm. her. And they said to me, pop her on your chest um, and if she doesn't kind of perk up in the next hour, peds will come down and have a look. And I was like, okay, no worries. Um, and in the meantime, they had a doctor come and look at me, I think. Mm. Um, so I'd done this all pain, like um, – yeah, painkiller free. Mm. Um, and they got to the, the examination part and the midwives and my student midwife was like, you're going to want gas for this. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I just pushed I just br- <laughs> What do you mean I'm going to want gas for this? Uh, you're going to want gas for this. We'll set you up. Can get, I ask? So I like, okay. Up to this point, when they were like ushering you to get out of bed when everything was going – I mean, sorry, get out of the bathroom. Everything was going so well. 
Had you been explained before they did the episiotomy, like what was going on and no. why? So looking back at that, I think you would have been she so was talking confused. to mum. So mum was that end because I've got photos. <laughs> yeah. Mum was that end and she'd seen it and looked at the midwife and the midwife had looked at her and she was like, that doesn't look right. That's, mm. that's not good. Um, so whether they had that conversation that end mm. and had like had that, I was just in the zone. So yes. I honestly don't know what kind of happened around me. And you weren't overly phased. Like, no. Asking, and I yeah. trusted mum and Matt that they yeah. would make the best decision for definitely, me. So, definitely. and a lot of the discussions with my midwives were that, that yes. you speak to these two, they know exactly what I want. Yeah. If it comes to the point where you need some medically emergency saving kind yeah. of thing, then yes, obviously I have to be informed and yeah. asked personally to give consent and whatever but generally they will know what I want yeah so Um, when it came to the actual episiotomy they numbed you did you feel anything was that what what was that experience great okay that was yeah because I didn't actually know that's what was happening I kind of figured it out yeah they said we need to help you yes Yes. And I was like, okay, not really sure what that means. And I yes. think they said we need to give you a nick or something like that. They Or we need to cut or something like that. But yeah. they didn't say we're giving you an episiotomy, do you consent or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was very interesting looking it back. Is, and I was like, technically is. didn't give consent for that. Oh, I said so okay, hard. but I wasn't told they were doing an episiotomy. Yeah. That makes sense. yeah. You know, time pressure, she was right there, it was going to happen. So they kind of – you know, we're yeah. going to help. We're going to help. We need to help you. We're going to do this. So it wasn't, um, look, this is what's happening. Can we help? We can do this. Yeah, and maybe do she you know thought I mean? that according to your birth plan, like your mum and husband had already consented maybe and she thought she was following the plan yeah, and not telling yeah. you. Yeah, and it could be. Maybe. I just yeah. – they're like little details that I don't have. So yeah. Um, yeah. it just all happened so quickly. Um Cool. So continue with that. They came in to check you with the gas afterwards. <laughs> so got high off my face. Didn't yes. feel anything. It was great. Um, came back to and the doctor said to me, you're going to have to have a cesarean next time. We think you've got a fourth degree. Literally just had a baby. This was like 20 minutes that after I had my first soon. baby. First baby, 20 minutes <gasps> in. You've just examined me and you've told me. I've just come back from like the high of the gas. And the first thing I remember her distinctly saying to me is, you're going to need a cesarean next time. You've got a fourth degree tear. That is just so unnecessary. And I was like, what? what? What's the and point of that? And I looked at that? my mum and I was like, what do you mean? What the hell? Why are we even How talking about another that? baby? I just yeah, I fucking like, had one. baby, my God. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> really? Uh, do you think I'm going to pop one out again in nine months exactly? Yes. Like, Come on. Yes. I've at least got that long. Yeah. <laughs> that does happen. So I was like, okay. And, and now I'm like, fertile, but that fertile? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> and she's like, so we're going to have to stitch you up. Um, uh, we'll have to take you to theatre, da, 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 da. And I was like, right, um, well, do I have to go under? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, we could give you a spinal tap if you want to be awake for it. And I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, what about the baby? And they're like, oh, you know, baby can stay with hubby, like it'll be okay. Mm. And then I remember crying because I was like, I have to leave my baby. What mm. about my baby? Like, I knew hubby would be fine mm. and my mum was there. Like, it was just like... Totally natural. You know, though. such a hard... Like, I've just gone through this with her and she was finally here and up on my chest. Yeah. And, and then it was like, oh, you have to go to surgery. Yeah. That's oh, so annoying. Okay. So... Oh, it's always so hard. Like, I always feel so conflicted when I'm midwifing a woman and she's just had this epic natural birth. Mm. And then it's either 
a retained placenta or a tear or a yeah. PBH and they have to rush to theatre to get that epidural that they just worked yeah. so hard to not get yeah. to, you know, leave babes when they just worked yeah. so hard to do that. It is just heartbreaking. Yeah. It is heartbreaking. It was good. So she was born at like 12.35 and I didn't go to theatre till four. Oh, great. So I still had some time with her. We did skin on skin. I fed her, all that kind of stuff. So good. Um, I tried going to the bathroom before but I uh, was so swollen, nothing mm. happened. Um, and I remember them saying, so they had issues putting the IV in mm-hmm. and I ended up having gas for them to do that because they botched that mm. three times. Mm. And my, I said to mum, I can't do that again. And mum was like, nah, enough. She can have gas if you're going to go again because mm-hmm. that's you've just pinpricked her so many times. So mm-hmm. gave me gas, got it in. And then, yeah, she was like, oh, if you need to wee, we can put a, a catheter in. And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> I can hold until surgery, <laughs> and I was like, "Can they do that when I'm asleep?" And they're like, "Yeah, they can do that when you're asleep." And I was like, "I'm fine." Yeah, and I was like filling up, and I was like, "You're fine. You're fine. You got this. You do not want a catheter in. You do not want anyone else down there while you're awake." You yes. So yeah, said goodbye to Bubs. Maddie took her. Still very calm, mm-hmm. um, which for me, I was surprised of how calm I was because I don't like because I was like, oh. Are you going to put a tube in my throat? And they're mm. like, yeah, but you won't remember it when you wake up. And I was like, so I could die so I've, because I've just had a baby. So I'm like, there is a small chance that something goes wrong while I'm under and they've like got me on machines and stuff and I, I die and I leave this baby behind. And I was like, Hectic. I can't die. I can't die. So I was like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. Yes, that is a risk, but you're going to be okay. And I had yes. this like full mental chat to myself and it wasn't until we got into like the pre-op bay thing that I started to like, not panic, but my anxiety kind of flared. Interesting. And I kind of breathed and was like, you're fine. Oh, those bays are just so anxiety stimulating though, oh, aren't and they? And they're like, oh, they're just taking a little bit longer because they're still cleaning up. And I was like, okay. And it still needed to pee. And I was like, just hurry this. I just want to be out. Just just knock me yeah. out. And then the like theatre nurse comes in and goes, oh, great. You've got an IV in. We'll pop another one in your other hand. And I went... <laughs> Can you please do that when I'm asleep? And she was like, oh, yeah, honey, of course, of course. I was like, they've had three goes. And she's like, oh, you poor thing. You've had a rough go. because we put the big, thick ones in Yeah, I was like, please leave me alone. And she was like, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. So went in. They were really good. They're really like – it was a weird – because I've never had surgery before, so – um, I'd never experienced that before, so I didn't know what to expect. I yeah. was like, it'll be cold, it'll be big, it'll be scary. And it wasn't. It wasn't a massive room. It wasn't super scary. It was like they kind of just said that they put the thing in my IV and I'd go to sleep. And I was like, mm. cool, no worries. Um, and then next thing I knew, I woke up in recovery and was being offered an icy belt. And I was like, okay, cool. Black current, please. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. Can I go see my baby now? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to give you 10 minutes and then we'll take you back to your room. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Got back to my room and I was just an emotional wreck by that point. Like I finally yeah. got my baby back. I was just – just felt like crap. Like I wasn't in pain yet because mm. <laughs> everything was still pretty numb. But, mm-hmm. yeah. And they came back and said it was a 3B tear, so mm, not as bad not as they thought. Not for Okay. Um, and I still didn't really understand what that meant. I knew third degree was bad, mm. but I didn't know the difference between A, B and C. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they kind of the, – the pelvic floor physio came – the next day, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else really visited. Um, I just remember the first night being really rough because they come in and check on you every hour because you've had surgery. Mm-hmm. So they wake you up and then she was waking me up every three hours for a feed. And mm. um, 
Yeah, it was really sore and stuff. And I remember yeah. it must have been early that morning. Um, midwives came in and I was like, can I just have a shower? Yeah. Because like, everyone talks about that post-baby, you know, yes. post-birth shower. It's the best shower you ever have. And I'm like, I had this baby like 14 <laughs> hours ago. Like yeah. I need a shower, man. Like I yeah. had gunk on me still like because she pooed on me. Yeah. I had all the like the Benadine stuff yes. on my legs. And I was like, no, man, I just – let me, Get me clean. Yeah, and I, I said to them, I was like, "How long do I have to have this catheter in?" And they're like, "Oh." And then next minute, this midwife's like, Whoosh, and rips it out. And I was like, "Oh, okay, we're yeah. done with that. Right, right, no worries." <laughs> um, and then I think they pulled one of the IV thingies out and said, "We'll leave one in just in case you need anything." Yeah. I'll pull that one out, and it bled so much. Yes. But I got showered. They like washed me, and it was just it was so nice. And got back into bed and so was more good. comfortable. So. So good. That was really good. Um, And then how is that – so the postnatal recovery from a 3B, it sounds like everything else went pretty Mm. well-wise. Breastfeeding sounds like it went pretty smoothly. Um, (laughs) She had a tie. Okay. So she – I'm tongue-tied as well, but she had a a more severe tongue-tie than me. Yeah. Um, So she had no lift, so there was lots of damage. So the first – I was in hospital for three nights. Yeah. Um, and she just couldn't latch. So I tried different positions. I had multiple lactation consultants come in and tell me what to do and it just didn't work and I was yeah. lots of tears and stuff. So the night nurses were brilliant. They helped me hand express. Yeah. Um, and then by the third night I had the pump. Yeah. Um, so I just pumped and fed her. Um, and then had kind of – they'd give me a name – of a few um, specialists to go and see to have a tie release because they're like, it has to be released. You can't yeah. feed otherwise. Like, you have yeah. to release that. And I was like, okay. Um, we tried to get it done while we were in hospital, but she was born on a Wednesday and it was kind of like Friday, Saturday. By yes. the time they kind of were like, oh, this needs to happen. Yeah. So we – they gave me a number of a lady and I rang her and explained what had happened and she was like, come and see me on Wednesday. Mm. She said, like, don't worry about a referral, just come and see me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And she used to be the head lactation consultant at school anyway. So she Lois. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's hey? a legend. So, so she good. did his tie as well. Right. Um so and she was brilliant. She went in, we went in and saw her. She was like, Right, give me a look. And I showed her and she's like, Yeah, we need to have a look at that. So we had a look at the tie. She did like all the assessments. She explained why we would cut it. She said you didn't have to. Mm. Um, she was brilliant. Like she showed me how to hold and feed properly. And <laughs> hey, hey, Mister, hey. what's up? So once we got her tie cut, she showed me how to latch her, and she latched straight away, and then it was smooth sailing from there. Wow, the, fantastic! The damage kind of fixed itself. Um, so good, but yeah, it was really good because we're living with mum. When I got home, I was like, "I'll just pump until we go into this appointment. It's fine." Mm. And I pumped. And my pump didn't work as effectively, and I, I panicked. I was like, oh, no, I can't feed this baby. She's not going on formula. I will mm-hmm. breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And mum was like, do you want to try it again? And I was mm. like, okay, okay. And mum gave me some tips and sat with me and just – it hurt, but it wasn't like it was at hospital. Yes. I was like, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And Because even the babes just get better at it. They get, yeah, a, yeah. They get more energy. Like, you need to relax as well. Like, yes. you relax and just do this and this will happen. And I was like, okay. So I did and I fed her and then I fed her again and I was like, hey, mum, she's due a feed. Can you come sit with me? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So I went down to the nursery and she sat with me and I fed and then 
yeah, better over the night. And yeah, so and then good. once we kind of saw Lois on the Wednesday, she was a week old, and yeah, it was all yes. from there. So that ah, was really good. Amazing. Mm. So delve into this recovery with the 3B tear, how you kind of recovered from that and the struggles that came with that. So it was quite painful to sit yeah. and walk and things like that. So, um, like, I couldn't have the baby on my lap and get up and down. With so how long for? About four months. Oh, four months. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So okay. Matt was off for four weeks. He drove for four weeks. Yeah. I sat on a towel on the side of my butt for about three of those weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, the getting up and down, um, walking upstairs. Someone would walk upstairs with Bub for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously by four weeks I had to do it because he went back to work. Hey. Mm. Um, yeah, so I couldn't walk very far. I went – we did the hospital sent me to their pelvic floor specialist who was beautiful and she kind of went through everything and um, checked everything out and hey. – Hey. Are you hungry, Esther? What's going on? Are you tired? Uh, That's what they're doing. Where's your tail? Um, yeah, so I went and saw them and, yeah, they kind of just said pelvic floor exercises was all I could do mm-hmm. for the first few weeks. Um, the midwives came to the house a couple of times a week for three weeks, I think it was. Um, I had lots of problems like passing like um, poo, like I couldn't do a poo mm. properly, like it was just excruciating every time and then it was like on different stool softeners and they uh. were like, this should be working, you're on a really high dose and I was like, it's not and it feels like I'm passing a rock and I had to push like the counter pressure on my perineum to do a poo and like I would sweat and be sick and I wouldn't leave uh, the house until I'd done a poo that day because yeah. I couldn't do that in public because I no. needed wet wipes and I needed time and I needed someone to watch the baby and yeah. it was just horrible. So it didn't. I didn't really prepare. So you got quite way. constipated outside yeah. even though you're on a bunch. I wonder what that was about. Mm. So mm. the only thing that worked for me was pear juice. Oh, fuck yeah. Pear juice is so it good. It was best. Like, we have that, that in our fridges at like maternity. Said, yeah. yeah. The um, pelvic floor lady was like, pear juice or yeah. eat pears. And I was like, really? She was like, yep. And yeah. they did. It's the only thing that worked for me. So wow. once I got that under control, that was fine. Um, yeah. I went back to yoga at seven weeks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to sit up on the bolster and stuff and on mm. my knees. I couldn't do a lot of um, things where I had to sit on my bum or mm. um, anything where I had to spread my legs too far. It was just a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of like heaviness from my pelvic floor as well. Mm. So standing for too long, I felt like my insides were going to fall out. So I had to lay down heaps. Wow. Um, so that went on for about four or five months. Wow. Um, I went back to the gym. And to treat that, you had um, seen the women's health physio at the hospital and then continued the exercises at home and did yoga. Yeah, yeah. And then by, I think I was about eight months um, and we were talking about it in yoga and someone recommended Caitlin. Mm. And I was like, oh, is it too late? Like she was, you know, I think seven or eight months old. 
And they're like, no, no, go and see her. Mm-hmm. And I kind of explained to her what was going on and that I still had pain with sex and, mm. you know, oh, it was that would just uncomfortable. So like when I got my period, the scarring kind of flared up and it was itchy and, oh. and she was like, oh, you poor bugger. Yeah. Um, and I remember the examinations being like <laughs> really painful. She was like, just relax. Like I'm not going to hurt you. And I was like, no, it's okay. And she's like, just breathe. And she said to me, she was like, yeah. I can see why. And she said um, she wanted to find out. She's like, yeah, I've never seen a tear like that before, she goes. And she's like, I want to find out more. I want to find out more. So she went and spoke to the midwives at Coast Live there um, and then came back the next time I saw her. And she's like, it's called a buttonhole tear. She's like, it sounds really cute, but it's it's obviously not in your case. And I was like, yeah, it's not cute at all. No. And she's like, okay, so I can see that they've stitched you up here. They've stitched your perineum really tight. That's why sitting on the floral flat surfaces hurts. Mm. Um, your scarring is very oh. stiff. That's why mm. you still get a lot of pain. So I worked really hard with her for, I think it was about three weeks consistently. Um, to do like desensitization on the scars and like massaging the scars so they had movement, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which helped a lot. So I went from like flinching from the moment I opened my legs to like she could push down and I could breathe through because mm. she'd push down on the scars and I'd breathe and then she'd stop and then we'd go from like whatever my pain was to one or zero was her aim. So all it was was breathing and telling myself that it was pressure and I was safe. Wow. So it's mental stuff. So she said it was pretty much rewiring my brain. So the biggest driving force of going to see her was that at my 12-week appointment at the hospital, the male OB told me when I have a cesarean next time, Mm. And I said, I'm not planning on doing that. Oh, okay. And he said to me, oh, well, you'll have to be induced early at 37 weeks. You'll have to have a planned episiotomy um, and you'll have to have growth scans because the next one's always bigger. And I was like, okay. Um, He asked me how everything was going and if my husband was happy because if not, he could restitch me. What? I reported this doctor. Um, I left crying. I went to my best friend and I cried. I had a baby 12 weeks ago and you're telling me that I would ruin some surgeon's stitching if I pushed another baby out of my vagina and that I should have a cesarean and you've just scared me and guilted me into that. So I see why women that have injuries that I sustained have a cesarean afterwards because that's what the medical professionals push. Yeah. And they don't do it in a nice way. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe that terminology. That's what he said to me. So I, the pelvic floor physio, I told her that and she was like, oh my so God. So he was I'm offering so to recut your vagina to then re sew it. If my husband was If your husband happy wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. That is wild. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And um, the pelvic floor physio, her mouth nearly hit the floor. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And was she like, there at the appointment? No, she, I saw her next time and she's like, how'd you go with the OB? And I was like, it was horrendous. And I told her and she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Can I report him for you? Like, can I report that? And I was yeah. like, yeah, please do. She gave me a survey thing to report him as well. Um, 
And she said to me, she's like, you can have another natural birth. Yeah. And I said oh, to her, look. What a legend. I said, can you not, would, would they refuse to stitch me up if I tore again? She goes, no, darling. No they chance. have to stitch you up. Yeah. Like, they're not going to leave you like that. No. You can push as many babies out and do as, many, as much damage as you want. We have to stitch you up every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, right. So what's the problem then? She's like, no. She said, you can have another natural birth. It's she fucking said, egos okay, so and many, stuff like that. So many mums come back through with subsequent babies that don't tear. Yeah. And she said, and I've got a few that do. And that's just what happens. And she said, it's just all in how long you wait, how big Bub is, how you birth, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Like you're accepting that risk. Yeah, exactly. Or you're not. Exactly. So that was really hard. And so that's why I went to Caitlin and was like, I just needed someone to tell me I could have another vaginal birth. Caitlin would have had a thing or two to say about what you said the obstetrician said. She didn't know what to say. When I told her that, she was like, I don't even know what to say to that. And I was yes. Like, yeah, I've had a few people react like that when I tell them that. And she was like, that's wild. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yep, no, fair enough. She's like, no, nah, we got this. If you yeah. want to have a natural birth, we're going to do that. Fuck yeah. So I worked with her for a few months before I fell pregnant with this little fella. So good. Um, and yeah, she was all like, yes, we're going to do this. Amazing. Um, got it to the point where she showed me how to do all the desensitization myself and mm. got to a point where we the scarring she's like it's moved heaps like you can see you've put in the work and you've done the right things and um she's like you'll be fine yeah she goes well you can do this and, and did like, sex get better after that yeah, yeah not painful no went away amazing so like, brilliant and did you ever have any trouble sorry with um like holding in your wee and poo no no, fantastic. No, so I never had that, which was really good. So she said um, the main reason that that happened was I would have had a really good pelvic floor before. I uh, love that for you. So she was like, you've obviously put in That's the That's why we do our pelvic floors. Oh, I need to get that away. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was definitely something that I was like, okay, oh, did something right. You did so many things right, my love. <laughs> you did everything right. It's just part of the – part of the gig sometimes yeah. with birth and yeah. these are the things that are uncontrollable. Yeah. So I think that I learned a lot from my first birth and was like, right, I know my body. Do you feel like you could have done anything to prevent that? Like, cause you birthed in water, which is already really amazing for yeah. reducing severe tears in the, in the category yeah. three and four. Well, they, a lot of the stuff and you were breathing was they reckon if I wasn't upright at the time of descent, that's what they think made her flex her head on the toilet yeah right that that so big ass roar yeah the big <laughs> roar and the shift that i felt yeah. they believe that's what's happened and she's um whichever way is the wrong way is it down deflexed deflexed her head mm. and then the wrong presentation and then i bared down again and she's missed the little j bend or something in yeah there. Um, and then that is meant to tuck own, their head in. Yeah, made her own hole. So by the time mm. I got into the water, she was already through that area and pushing in the right spot anyway. So mm. had I been in the bath earlier, I went and did the birth debrief at the hospital and they were like, okay, cool, why are you here? And I was like, I want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. And they went through a few things and they said to me, well, why were you in the bath earlier? And I said, they refused to put me in the bath. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah. <gasps> uh, that's very unethical. Like that's an analgesic mm. that they're refusing to give you. And I was mm. like, mm. Mm. and they were like, okay, um, 
yep, I can see the, the few things here that have happened that have definitely contributed to your injury. Mm. Um, they were really good about like next time. How did time that make you feel? Yeah. Like, I was angry. Yeah. So my original midwife wasn't there. She wasn't there at the birth. It was on her no. days off. I was wondering So I got that. the other yeah. two who weren't big fans of hypnobirthing. Weren't? Uh, all those women that think they're going to have pain-free births. Uh, I knew it was going to be painful. That's that is why your opinion. Yeah. That is not yeah. for them to project onto you and in like, your birth. <laughs> I was also warned about um, – I've read a few stories with hypnobirthing that they've been so calm that they had missed the opportunity to either get to hospital because their midwives have been like, nah, nah, you're not in labour. You're fine. Mm. And they've had the babies at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of my big things um, – with other people, I'm like, you know your body. Mm-hmm. If you know that it's coming, you know it's coming. You Back tell them to do what they want. Uh-huh. So I said my biggest mistake agree. there was not saying, no, I want the bath now and just getting up and getting into the bath. Like yes. my mum, bless her heart, she she feels guilty oh. because she said, I wish I'd advocated harder for you. Oh. She's like, I just didn't know what to do and I didn't want to make the wrong decision because – I knew that that's what you wanted, but if you wanted something different, then that's why she went to Matt and asked him and he was like, nope, that's definitely not what we want. We want to do the bath. They're not checking her. And she's like, I wish I'd just said that they needed to document it and say, we've refused this, put her in the bath. Yes. or she's like, I wish I'd just run that bath myself. I totally, hey. And I said to her, like, oh, but you wouldn't have known, Mum. I was like, you did the right thing. She did the right thing. You supported thing. me. You asked Matt. Like, you, you went through yes. everything. I ended up in the bath. It was just too late. So there's nothing much you can do. I just said, look, for next time, that's when you start saying, uh, right, you do this or there'll be legal consequences if this isn't followed and this it's happens. So like, wild. unfortunately, that's kind of the – the war we geared up for second time. Yeah. So, you know, they, you know, you do a lot of research and with hypnobirthing in particular, we'll tell you things like they'll say, you know, they'll threaten you or negotiate things and say, oh, you can if we do this. or mm. And it's not for any medical purpose. It's just they believe if it's over four centimetres, you're in labour and mm-hmm. you can get in the water, mm. you know. Because um, a lot of the stuff I talked about with the original midwife was – um, language so we're mm. not saying failing we're not saying pushing mm-hmm. we're not saying pain we're saying we need to change positions mm. we need to hop out of the bath and try something new mm-hmm. that meant things were slowing or stalling mm. you weren't to use those words with me mm. and the idea was I'd get in the bath when I was ready mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to be checked and that if she noticed things were slowing or stalling she'd say right Nick we're going to hop out and try a new position mm-hmm. but that wasn't documented that was a verbal conversation Mm. So second time around, that was all documented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mum and Matt were given full authority to make sure that happened. Yeah, unless there was a medical reason I couldn't get in that bath. Yeah, I was getting in that bath. Yeah. So yeah, it taught me a lot, and that's why I want to share my story with that. Yeah, and that you know, I birthed in a hospital in case something went wrong. Yeah, I. You know, the mamas that do it at home, I take my hat off to them. I'm, mm. I don't feel that confident to do that. Right. Um, and I wanted to birth like that but in the hospital. Yes. That if something went wrong, then I was in the right spot for them yeah. to help me. So, yeah, so you kind of need to know what's going to come up, what they can say, what your rights are. Yes. Um, so you, it is your body. 
Absolutely. They cannot touch you. You can say that. And all they have to do is document you've refused that type of care. 100% That's how they cover their ass. Yeah. It is your body. They do not have to touch you. Yes. So being told that, oh, I was told that I had to do this or I had to do that, like girlfriends of mine that were like, oh, yeah, I just ended up having cesarean because I just said it wasn't going any further. Yes. I was like, oh, how long have you been in labour for? Oh, like four hours. I know, I know. I was like, I know. And because you don't want to make their birth, they're okay with their birth. They don't yes. know any difference. So I don't want to judge and be like, oh my God, I wish you'd said. Or, Definitely oh, not. Oh, next time you should. Like, yes. it's not my place to tell no. them. No. And if they're happy, they're happy and that's okay. And I don't want to cause trauma by telling them that. Yes. So yes, yes, that's hard as well. But it's eye-opening, isn't it? Like, I don't even know if you saw, um, we had the birth time screening on the weekend. Yes. Did you see that at all? Have you seen yes. the movie? No, I wanted to Oh, come. it's freaking amazing. <laughs> you can always get it online on the website as well if you ever oh, wanted. Beautiful. But, like, long story short, what they were saying in that that I just see so often mm. is, you know, they – um, start with say an induction or, or mm. breaking of the waters and then one thing leads to another leads to another and then they end up needing the cesarean section for yeah. whatever reason say babe's heart rate has gone funny or something so then they get the cesarean section and then you know the woman says oh thank goodness for cere- cesarean sections like who knows what would have happened to my baby if I didn't have a cesarean section mm. and obviously I, I don't ever say anything but that's so hard because that's the story that then circulates thank goodness I had a cesarean section thank goodness that's yeah. what she tells all her friends creating this this um, fear of safety of your baby without a cesarean yes. section and this fear of not having the safety of the hospital if you need that cesarean section but really what created the need for that cesarean section is that initial popping up the waters to help speed labor up and it's it it, that like it doesn't mean that equals that there's so much more to the story and that's why I'm just such a big believer of when you fall pregnant I think it is so important to listen to your thoughts have awareness of what you believe and really question that if you want to, if you feel called to question what you believe and if you want it to be true. Because if you don't want it to be true, it could be a whole bunch of other people's perspectives on their own stories that you've heard over the years that have just created these preconceived ideas within you. And if you want to change that, you can absolutely rewrite that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, that was a fucking tangent. No, you're <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just had a chat with her. A new mama this morning about all this stuff and yeah. it gets me riled up, you know. Oh, it does to me too. Like sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to people and I'm like, if you want me to shut up, like it's cool. Like second time Story around, life. me in yoga, all these first time mums are like saying these things and I was like, right, let me tell you. Yeah. And they would just sit there like on the edge of their mats like, oh my God. And then I turned to Christy and I was like, I'm so sorry, so sorry, I've wasted 10 minutes. And she's like, no, no, that's why we're here, Nick. Like, this is more fine. useful than 10 minutes I of yoga. I yes. plans with these people. So I, like good. everything. And they were like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And yes. went from like being terrified to like seeking more and finding yes. out more and being informed and yes. thanking me. And I was like, I just don't want what happened to me to happen to you. Yes. I was informed. I yes. was prepared as I thought I was. And yeah. even then – the system took over. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like, so hard. And there's nothing yeah. I can do about it. It has happened and I have worked forward, moving forward and done like trauma um, therapy and stuff cool. with birth to make sure that I'd recovered from that cool. as well as the physical stuff. Yes. Um, 
because a lot of it, like I blamed myself, like my body oh. did the wrong thing and now I'm suffering and I should have done this and I should have done that and why mm. didn't my body do the right thing and all that kind of spiral, I suppose, yes. because my postpartum prep was to walk gently and go back to the gym at six weeks and, mm-hmm. you know, go for a walk with the baby every day and mm-hmm. do all these wonderful things, mm-hmm. thinking that was caring for my body. So when it... I couldn't do those things. Mm. That was a real mindfuck. Like mm-hmm. I was just waiting around to poo all day. Like yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I couldn't go to the shops because I couldn't walk for longer than yeah. 20 minutes without feeling like my insides were going to fall out. Like yeah. just shit things that I was like, all these things I was going to do on maternity leave. Like I had four whole weeks with my husband. We were going to do all these things and then yeah. I couldn't really do much. Yeah. And I kind of felt ripped off. Yeah. Especially when I, did the birth debrief and spoke to mum and Matt and found out more about what had happened. Yeah. Like I say, I'm thankful I didn't know at the time. Right. Because it made the experience beautiful and magical like I thought it would be. Yes, there was a twist at the end, but it wasn't anything major. I don't, you know, it wasn't traumatic. It wasn't rushed. Mm. It was done quietly. The light stayed off. They were very gentle about it. Um, and they just did what needed to happen. But the cascade of how it ended up happening mm. was because they wanted to do what they wanted to do mm. to see where I was to tick a box, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is all it is. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. can write at X amount of time, she was X amount of centimetres mm-hmm. dilated, so we let her in the bath. Mm-hmm. But in then saying that, I worried that if I had have been checked and was 10 centimetres, they would have put me on the bed and said, let's push. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're 10 mm-hmm. centimetres. It's time to push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She might not have been there in the right spot yet. No, she might not have been low enough yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest gripe, I think, with the medical system. I hear. Is that, yeah, even if you are prepared, I just think your birth partners need to be more cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like your birth like partners that. were fucking they awesome, awesome, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were brilliant. And like the midwife said that, they were like, you have a wicked birth team. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, I do. So good. So talk about um, little Robbie being born. How did that go down? Um, Similar kind of labour to Bond, which was really good. Interesting. A similar time, like 40 weeks? 40 weeks and one day. So, he was, so she was 40 and three. Yeah. And he was 40 and one, so it was much easier. Wonderful. Yeah. Can we pause? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's continue. You were talking about your birth with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you started at 40 plus one, you said. Or, or yes. he birthed at 40 plus one. Yes, he was 40 plus one. So it started similar. So I was worried that like with second baby, they tell you like it'll be quicker. Mm. So I was like, oh, God. Hubby was really worried in that as soon as we went into labour, we go in the hospital. Mm. I was like, no, because we're in our house now. So mm. we've got plenty of space. We've got a big bathroom. It's all tiled. So mm. if anything happened, um, we kind of went through the plan of like if we got to the point where it was too late, you need to call triple O, you need to unlock the door, mm. bring some towels in, and you need to use one of either whoever's phone isn't on to triple O, you need to ring either mum or my sister because they're mm. 10 minutes away. Um, for Bon, <laughs> yes. she was in the house at the time. If she was at daycare, cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, I said, he's not just going to drop out of me, babe. Like the first labour was eight hours. Yes. It's it's not going to be that quick. Usually yes. half is like what they kind of average it, so yes. you know, you know, four to six hour kind of thing. So I was yeah. like, we've got time. He's like, well, you just have to be honest with me and tell me when it's happening. And I was like, yep, yeah, cool, fair enough, that's fine. Yeah. So we obviously organised everything for when 
who would look after Bond and that mum would come and we'd labour at the house again um, for as long as possible. Um, a lot of my care this time round, um, they obviously go through your history and say to you, like, they had the OB's notes. So from old mate that said, you need a caesarean, you need to be induced, blah, blah, blah. Um, my midwife that I had, I explained, I took mum and Matt with me to the first appointment to meet her. Mm-hmm. And was like, right, this is my birth team. Mm. This is what happened last time. This is not going to happen again. She was like, mm-hmm. right, no worries. She was great. You're an um, MGP again? Yep, MGP again. Different group because I didn't want the other two midwives that were yeah. uh, there. Yeah. I would have been put back in that group because um, the original midwife that I had left anyway. Uh, so otherwise I would have yeah. gone back to her. Um and I just – I didn't want to be in that group again because I thought I didn't completely trust them. After finding yeah. out what had happened and the decisions that they had made had contributed to my tear, Yeah. Um, I didn't think that they were the best people to be caring yeah. for me. So I was okay. like, look, no, this is what happened. And I was really honest with the lady who originally called me and she's like, ah, I'm going to say we're probably best to put you in another team then. Mm-hmm. She's like, if that's what you want, otherwise I'm happy to care for you. But, yes, one of those midwives will be in our team. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I would prefer a new team then. And yeah. she's like, cool, no worries. I said, because that would just cause me anxiety yeah. that what if I get her? Yeah. You need to have trust. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I couldn't falter during the birth or like even my aftercare. She was yeah. great. Um, but when I found out that it was because they didn't believe in the whole hypnobirthing thing yeah. and that was their problem, that that just shot the trust for me. Totally. So I was like, nah. Um, so, yeah, totally. new midwife, told her what was going to happen and <laughs> what I wanted this time and yeah. that I will just run the bath myself and get in kind yeah. of thing. And she was like, no, no, you get in the bath when you're ready. That's fine. Yeah. Um, she then obviously referred me to the OB that I needed to see at like 20-something weeks. Um and she said to me, oh, have you seen an OB yet? And I was like, no. And she said, um, oh, okay, we'll book you in with one. And I said, I have a really bad experience with OBs. Mm. And she was like, what do you mean? And I told the story about old man mm. telling me that my husband needed to be happy and I needed mm. a cesarean. And she was like, ah, can I look up who that doctor was? And I was like, go for your life. And she said, he doesn't work here anymore. You're fine. I said, okay, cool. She said, you're not the first one I've heard similar things to about that. And I was Back like, oh. And she said, the worst thing is that man used to be a midwife before he was an OB. <gasps> what? Mm. I was like, holy hell, okay. So sent me to a lady who I don't know if she was like just a very nervous kind of person or if she kind of had read my notes and was like, this lady's scary. <laughs> she was really oh. timid. <laughs> and I was like, she was like, okay, so I read through your notes from last time. And I went, mm-hmm. And I like I was not – it was like resting bitch face. I was yeah. like, yep, I'm here because I have to be to tick a box. I don't care what you have to say really. Defense <laughs> is up. Yeah, I was like, nah, not having a bar of this. I don't like doctors. <laughs> um, I, can, I birthed my baby by myself if I have to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she went through and, I, and she was like, so we've got this here and we're recommending um, an early induction of between 37 and 38 weeks, uh, growth scans. Is that, sorry, is that part just so that baby's not too big yeah. in their perspective? Yeah. Okay. Yep, growth sorry. scans um, and a planned episiotomy. And she turned to me and goes, how does that all sound? And I said, <laughs> no thanks to all of the above. <laughs> oh, okay, no worries. Ticka, 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 ticka. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
And then she goes, okay, um, well, I might just go talk to my supervisor and I'll just be back. And I was like, righto, go do what you need to do. I was not in a good mood that day either. So off she went. She came back and she goes, okay, well, that's all good with my supervisor. And I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> like if it wasn't, I was going to change. What? Righto, lady. She goes, oh, okay, so we've just recommend um, some, you know, growth scans and um, like a warm compress or something on your perineum when you birth and like birthing the head slowly. I was like, yeah, cool, no worries. Went to my next midwife appointment. She's like gone through my file and she's like, how big was Bonnie? And I was like, eight, three. She's like, right. She full term? I was like, yep. She's like, did you have growth scans with her? I said, no. Her, her size wasn't the issue with my tear. It was positioning. And she said, oh, they've got on here growth scans. Do you want to do that? And I said, no, thank you. And she's like, okay, good. I don't need to do that. And she just like overrode it and was like, don't worry about that. So good. Um, which was really good. queen. Love that. Because I did all the research about um, – so I did all the stuff with Caitlin. I did research about planned episiotomies and read so much stuff. Um, there was one from the Queensland government that said the health – department part that said planned episiotomies do not reduce further tearing and that was their own document i printed this stuff and took it with me to my midwife appointment so that i had evidence behind me to say i am refusing that type of care and here is why Mm -hmm. you need to read this too Mm -hmm. um the growth scan stuff i read loads on that and because it's a 50 50 they can't actually tell how big your baby is it's a guesstimate right Mm -hmm. so i read a lot of it decisions based on it like it's gospel yes and a lot of it said because you're having growth scans they are already putting in place the interventions Mm -hmm. so even if it's like babies tracking normally they're thinking okay cool we could probably go to about 39 weeks and we'll do this and this and this and we want this to happen and we want it to happen in this amount of time and they are already putting that in their head so if you don't give them that information that takes that part off the table mm-hmm. so I spoke to my hypnobirthing coach about that too and we did the refresher with her and I said what had happened last time I did a birth debrief with her and she met Bon um, three, four months after I had her. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool and then, yeah, we went back to her for him mm-hmm. and she was really good with that in like getting rid of a bit of like the anxieties I had about having another baby and it wasn't – birth itself it was the aftermath Mm, that mm. was what I really feared Mm. um and I said to her look I'm going to prepare for the worst this time so that I'm not surprised and blah blah Mm. blah and she goes no prepare for the best Mm -hmm. think about it it's going to be the best you're not going to tear again you're going to have the birth you want Mm. put that out to the universe Mm. positive moments put that out that's what you're going to have that's Mm. baby's going to come when he's ready he's going to be in the right position you're going to work with him to birth him Mm -hmm. yes birth his head slower yes getting water earlier um she talked to like mum and matt about like being more cutthroat and like yes Mm. you need to say this and if they say that then you say right look Mm. at her notes last time this happened Mm-hmm. that's not going to happen again you need to listen to us so mm-hmm. that was all really good like a lot of yeah the preparation with the mind more so than the body mm-hmm. um obviously i got myself back in shape and stuff after her bond did all the stretches and all mm-hmm. the um homework that caitlin gave me mm-hmm. um kept going with yoga and pilates and things like that mm-hmm. um and you're pretty much massaging and desensitizing your yeah. perineum 
I went to a birth, hey? Yep. And like essentially perineal massage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So I did all that um, and just made sure that I had the right people when I did fall pregnant around me. So I had a lot of discussion after once I got over the fact that I had a baby and I wanted to have another one. Mm. <laughs> so about nine months I kind of decided I wouldn't have another one. Um, kind of six months prior, you know, from birth to six months I was like, nah three years let's wait until she's two and we'll mm. go again like I was mm. the recovery was kind of the most part that kind of pushed that was mm-hmm. like nah I need to wait and then which I think is a fair call because statistically it's going to give you a better chance as yeah, well yeah definitely and they said that yeah. too like the longer you leave it the better but yeah um, yeah I was like mm. around nine months I kind of got clucky again because she was kind of cute yes <laughs> she fooled me she um, did and so we kind of like planned out times and stuff, uh, being a teacher, like how much leave I could have and what times were better to do yes. it. And, um, we fell pregnant straight away. And then, yeah, we were so like good. finding our birth team straight away. I let my hypnobirthing coach know pretty early. Yeah. So I had all the people I needed around me that I wanted around me. So um, good. I was seeing Caitlin still and was like, right, I'm pregnant again. This is what's happening. She's like, cool, come and see me at however many weeks it was. Um. Which I think was before she went away. Mm. Um, yeah, and we just talked about it all and things we could do, and yeah, wanted to work with her throughout the pregnancy so that I could optimize everything so that it could be the best possible outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, control what we can control. Yeah, I was still really nervous about the birth, mm-hmm. um, mainly because the, it was still an unknown. Mm. Like, Technically, I'd pretty much had the worst. <laughs> mm. So, you know, it could happen again. It was a very, very, very low percentage that particular type of tear would happen again. Mm. I would be very unlucky for that to happen. Mm. Um, the buttonhole part. Mm. Interesting that it would I be a thought, low chance. I thought because that was like a weak point in my perineum, that would be more likely to go, but I don't think it would. So, Interesting. Um, there was obviously. <clears throat> Um, they were worried about um, it going during birth. So they talked a lot about like birthing the head slowly and mm. things like that. Um, but there was no – the midwife I had did ask me um, if it was going that way, would I want a, a PC on me? And I was like, yeah, like obviously don't want to tear all the way through. That mm. would be horrendous. So, yes, okay. if that was going that way, then yes, I would mm. like that offered. Mm. And she's like, okay, cool. Um and then towards the end of my pregnancy, she started kind of talking a bit about like not having me in the bath as long and checking me. And I was like, mm, this isn't really what I want. So I would have a chat with Matt to be like, did I hear that right? Like, is that what she was saying? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, mm. I needed to know that. And he's like, right, well, we need to say that. Mm. So... Because it kind of – he felt like she went the other way and didn't – was like, yeah, 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 just do you. Just go in and birth the baby. Like, I'll just be there. And he was worried that if anything went wrong, she wouldn't have said anything. Mm. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I I would just kind of give you your options and then my opinion if you want my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. would, I would just lay things out of like this. If we don't do anything, this will happen. If we do something, this is what we'll do. Mm. And then if you want my opinion, I'll give you my opinion on top of that. Mm. And he was like, okay, cool, no worries. Um, and I was like, I don't want to be checked when you, when I come in. And she's like, oh, okay. 
I would just have to write it down as that you've refused that. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. She's like, mm. okay. So I don't know, just kind of a bit weird towards the end. And then at mm. 38 weeks. Um, kind of shifted into a little bit more mm, like medical. medical. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. So at 38 weeks, she had to go on emergent leave. <laughs> 38 <laughs> weeks. And she was like, oh, so I've got to go on emergent leave and I'm not going to be here for your birth. I was like, story of my life. It's fine. My original midwife wasn't there for my first baby, so whatever. And she's like, I wonder right. if, because sometimes like shit happens in birth, right? Yeah. And it can be pretty traumatic for all those involved. So I'm wondering whether her sudden shift and then her emergent leave, I wonder whether she's had a bit of a traumatic kind of mm. experience and needed yeah. some like time, it was time really off. Weird. I was like, yeah. okie dokie. And I was like, great. So back to my birth partners. Right, shit's hit the fan. This is what's happening. This is the plan. Mm. And they're like, right, how you doing? I was like, I'm fine. I can mm. do this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's there. I mm. need to be there. I need you guys to do this for me. And I don't care who is there medically yeah. Yeah. to do the paperwork. We'll be fine. Yeah. We got this. This is what I want and this is what you need to do. And they're like, yep, we got this. We got mm-hmm. this. So I met this lovely lady, Liesl, at 39 weeks and Three days, two days. Mm. And she read my notes and I said, the midwife that handed me over said, I've told her everything, like, you're going to be fine. And she was the best. She was like, right, no, you tell me what you want. You get in that bath whenever you want. I don't have to touch you. Life happens for me, baby. Love that. And she had won um, midwife of the year the year before or something like that. Uh, Liesl. It was Liesl. Mm. She's usually in birth suite, but she was put on MGP to do the last few mums that this lady had. So oh. I was very fortunate. To That's have her. so good. She was brilliant. That's fantastic. Like she, I, I walked out of that meeting with her feeling like, yep, see you on birthday. I got oh. this. And she was fantastic. So amazing. Birthday rolls around Sunday morning. It's three thirty, and I get the similar pain I got to when I went into lay with Bond. And I was like, "Oh, I don't feel good. <gasps> I know what this is." Yeah. <laughs> and it went from like "ugh" to "oh, oh, okay, go back to sleep." Yeah. And I laid there, and the surges rolled probably every ten to fifteen minutes, I reckon. Yeah. And by four o'clock, I patted Maddie on the shoulders and went, "Babe, I'm in labour." all good just go back to sleep but I'm in labor another half an hour rolled around and I'm rolling and I'm doing my hummingbird breath and so good you know getting through it and trying to relax and obviously that's waking him up by that point and he's like are you right I'm like yeah it's all good it's under control and then I think five o'clock rocked around oh that's right because we had a joke the night before he was so tired he went to bed without showering and he goes Ugh. You'll go into labour in the morning now that I haven't had a shower. I, like, I will. You better have a shower. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to bed. Yeah. So at five o'clock he goes, oh, better have that shower. <laughs> so he gets out of bed, has his shower, and he's like, right, what do you want to do? I said, call Steph. I think just get Steph here because Bon will be awake soon and I just prefer it if she's occupied by Steph. So yeah. um, I think he was in the shower when I rang Steph and she was she answered straight away. She's like, hello? And I was like, hey, babe. Um, Steph, you're not talking about Liesl, are you? No, my sister. Oh, sure. And I was like, hey, babe, do you want to head over soon? Um, pretty sure I'm in labour. I've been mm. gone since half past three. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no rush, just whenever you get here, like, it's pack yourself up and head over. And she's like, okay, no worries. 
and we left it and we left it. And I think I don't think we called Lisa until about past seven. Oh no, mm. it was seven because we left home at seven thirty. Um, but I called my mum at quarter to six because I was like, no, nah, we'll wait until six to call mum. It's a Sunday morning. Like we'll just leave it. And then it got to quarter to six and they were rolling pretty pretty good every ten minutes. And I rang mum, I said, and she answered straight away and she's like, Hello. <laughs> I was like, Good morning. Just letting you know I'm in labor. I've been since three AM. <gasps> okay. Do you want me to come? Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, just head round whenever. Like, no rush. It's just at home. I'm just gonna jump in the shower now. And she's like, Okay, I'll see you soon. Oh, cute. So I think mum rocked up about uh, seven. She was pretty quick. Uh, and Amazing. my sister was just before. Um, and I was having a shower and stuff and I, Matt made me a cup of tea and I had um, peppermint tea. And yeah. I looked into different remedies and stuff for nausea during labour. Peppermint's a good I one. Like, I felt like crap. So I had peppermint oil and I had a peppermint tea. It does so chase away breast milk though. Oil <laughs> so it's like a tricky brilliant. balance. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That was good for the nausea. I good. had it on a tissue the whole time and that good. got rid of it. It was brilliant. So, oh, fantastic. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, so if that's something that you struggle with, just put it on a tissue and sniff it. Love that. It just stopped. It's so different to my first labour where it was like a sip of water every surge because yeah. I was going to be sick. Whereas yeah. it, when it got really intense with him, I just sniffed the tissue and I just yeah kept it at bay. So yeah, it was really good. So good. So I looked at lots of yeah natural remedies. I bought one of the combs to yes. do um, some acupressure points. Yeah. Um, just a couple of different things that I did this time around than I mm. did the first time mm-hmm. that really helped. And then the biggest thing for me with the labour part was surrendering to it. Mm. So I thought I was with my first one, um, but I feel like I tensed and was like, oh, and then I would breathe through it. Mm. Whereas with him, I would like let go of my body and do the humming bee breath. Mm. That the vibration and the focusing on that breath allowed my body to relax more. Wow! So that was yeah. Awesome. Our mamas love the humming bee. Mm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll give that one a try. Yeah, and so I did that the whole way through. It was great. Wow! Um, so I laboured at home till half past seven. So by about half past seven, I think we rang Lisa at seven to let her know that I was in labour, and she's like, cool, cool. Just let me know when you want to head in. And we left it for a bit and then 7.30 rolled around and mum was with me. Matt was sorting some stuff out and feeding me and things like that. And then um, Bon came in to see me about seven-ish, I think it was. Because um, I was like, she needs to see me before we kind of go because I don't want her to just think we've just left. She came in and I was obviously humming. And she was kind of looking at me funny. And then once I'd finished the surge, I smiled. And I was like, baby brother's coming. Mummy's going to go and have baby brother. And you're going to stay with auntie. And, like, she was 20 months old at this point. So she was like, baby, baby. Like, I don't know how much understanding she really had. But she was excited. Yes. um, She was a bit... Yeah, concerned about what was going on because she was like, mm, mummy's making weird noises. Yes. <laughs> but I wasn't yelling and screaming and it wasn't scary. It was just different. So. Yes. Um, yeah, by about 7.30 I was out on the couch doing an inversion because I thought that he was in a funny position because like the surges were rolling. You could was, feel it. Yeah. He was in a funny position. Yeah, well, and that was one of the things my hypnobirthing lady said was that if they're rolling, it usually means Bubby's in the wrong position mm. and they're trying to move. So I didn't. And by version. rolling, you mean close together? Yeah, just yeah. like one after each other. That's there was very barely true. any break. So very true. did an inversion, did some movements and stuff and then said to mum, no, I think we should go. I'm done. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like babe moved? 
Hey. Do you feel like they've moved? I think so. Interesting. Because it kind of started to like spread out again. Um, but I was like, I don't want to have like rolling surges in the car. Like it was a 20 minute drive to hospital. Yeah. And I was like, eh, let's go before it gets too bad. Like yeah. I don't want to be, I need to get comfortable again in, in the zone. So yeah. we left at 7.30, we got to hospital about 8. Um, and this time, like we pretty much got like two streets out and everything kind of just stopped. Yes. And I was like, okay, we'll just take it as you rest and relax. Like, it's fine. I walked into the hospital. I saw everything. I walked up to the counter. I said who I was. And I was like, this feels weird. Mm. Like, I'm not in labor. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, maybe I'm not. Maybe it's just a false start. This Mm. is so embarrassing. So, anyway, I got in the room and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And Liesl comes in. She's like, good morning. And she comes in, she hugs everyone, she hugs Matt, she hugs mum, she's like, it's time. And she was so excited and I was like, right, she's a vibe, she's definitely a vibe. So good. And I'm waiting around, I'm waiting around, it's quarter past eight at this time and I'm like, and I started crying and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, it's just stopped and she's like, it's okay, you need to be safe. Yes. She's like, you've got, give yourself two hours to settle in. She's like, it's normal for it to stop when you come into a new environment. She said, you need to just chill out, lay down, do whatever you need to do. Feel loved, feel like comfortable, set yourself up. She said, don't stress, babe. You'll be right. So good. He's coming today, she said. And I was like, okay. Anyway, I got up and I was like. legend. She was just beautiful. And I was like. I was kind of like, oh, is she going to be mad? I've woken her up on a Sunday and it's not happening. And Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. She was like, no, no, it's happening. Like, just chill. It's fine. Yeah. So I was like, right, well, I'll go and sit on the toilet because, you know, obviously that's like a safe place for your body to relax. Yeah. Did a wee and was like, okay. Had a cuddle with Matt and then it started coming back. And I was like, okay, here we go. So good. So I got myself ready. I was like, Isn't on that the ball. like a perfect example of you just need someone else to have to believe in you sometimes? Yeah. And not that like, oh, let's check and see. Yes. Like if they checked me like, hmm, you're two centimetres. Yes. I would have shut up shop. That would have been the end of that. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? Yes. So, yeah, she was brilliant. She was like, no, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, they checked Bub's heart rate and that was kind of it and then left me to it. Um, and then it kicked back in. I think it was about 20, 25 past eight. I looked at the clock and it kicked back in. And then we went for about an hour and they were very close together. And I looked at mum and I was like, I think I want the bath soon. I was just uncomfortable. Mm. Like I was on all fours over the ball to kind of have that weightlessness of the belly. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I was like, nah, I think I want the bath soon. She's like, I think that's a good idea. Mm. I was like, okay, cool, cool. And I'm looking at the time thinking because everyone was like, it'll be quicker. It'll be quicker. Mm. So I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's 9.30 now. I've been going since 3.30. Mm. We shouldn't be far away. Mm. So I got in the bath, had my comb. Which I is hard because bath. that's very logical mind thinking, yes, isn't it? I was it? like, get out of that. Yes. Go with the body. Do totally. The baby. totally. He knows what he wants to do. You know what you're doing. Yeah. So I had the comb, rolling around in the bath just seamlessly, just whenever <sighs> I was uncomfortable. The water was beautiful. Amazing. It was the best thing. So you could just float. And Amazing. I would just like move my legs gently through a surge. I would squeeze my comb. I was breathing. Um. And then things started to change and I was like, I was waiting for the involuntary pushing sensation to come in. Yes. And I was like, surely it's going to come soon. Like, what is happening? And I kind of like had the bearing down kind of sensation, but it was very uh, deliberate. Yes. So the sensation was there. 
I suppose, but it wasn't like happening for me. I kind of just had to go with it, if that yes, makes sense. Yes, Almost encourage it yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then they kind of started seeing things and saying to me, okay, yep, you know, you've got this, move around, do this, do that. Um, and I was bearing down and it, um, it was just a lot of work. So I don't know whether that was a protective thing that my body was like making me more aware and and not doing it for me so Mm. that I could slow down the birth to prevent the trauma. Interesting, isn't it? I have heard of women saying like they never necessarily got that urge to push, but when they did push into like voluntarily, it created the sensation. So I have heard of that before. It is interesting that it did, did happen with your first, but not your second, but position has so much to do with that Mm. as in if the head's like this or if it's to the side or if babes posterior their skull bones with the anatomy of their head will trigger the muscles that create that pushing sensation more so than when a babes is in a perfect position yeah um especially in some women so who knows Hmm. who knows with that one yeah yeah it was really interesting it was it is interesting I was doing well until about that point and then it was just like when I got a surge and the bear down, I was like really bearing down and it was like a really intense cramping sensation and it was really uncomfortable and I said to mum, I'm losing it, I can't, I'm losing it, I'm I'm going and she's like, no, you're not, no, you're not, you've got this, you can do this, you've got to just really give it to it, really bear down without trying to use the word push. Yes. She's like, you kind of just got to, in your belly she's going. She's like, when you breathe, just hold your breath and just like push it down, she's going. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I couldn't work out what they meant, whether I was supposed to be like breathing out with the push or if I was supposed to like hold it and push and then let it go. I don't know. Anyway, I finally got in this groove and I was like, right, okay. And then – And you could feel progress. I could feel – he was in my hips. My hips were so sore. Oh, And I was like – I one of the I bared down and I was like, oh my back! And Liesel just jumped in and like squeezed my hips and it relieved it. And I was like, oh thank God! And then went again a couple of times and every time she could see it coming, she was straight in there pushing on my hips and it just felt amazing. I was like, uh, yes, you're the best, amazing. And then I was like, is he coming? And they're like, yeah, 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 he's coming. I promise you're doing such a good job. He's nearly there. Like, he's coming. Because I was like, I don't feel the burning sensation yet. I don't feel the pressure of, like, him there. Yes. It was almost like I couldn't figure out where he was in my body. Interesting. I could feel him in my hips, if that made sense. It it was, like, flared and, like, I just felt like I was being pushed apart. Yes. And I was like, but he's too high. He's still too high. I can feel he's too high. And just kind of rolled with it and like the push with the hip thing. I don't know if he just then slid into where he needed to be because then I could feel um, the stressing sensation. I was like, okay, here we go. Remember this? This is it. This is the last bit. I got this. Well, that makes a lot of sense because (laughs) the way that the pelvis works is that saying when the bottom is closed, the top is open. When the top is open, the bottom's closed. So when she's pushing your hips Uh, together, that's a technique that we can use to open the outlet, separate the sits bones to create space for babes to move down. So that's, that's, she's just a fucking queen. She knew it was was, Oh my God, she was brilliant. Love that. Um, And she's like, 
everything's going really well. I'm just going to call for the second midwife because it's it's happening soon. Everything's yes. going really well. And she's like, yes. she's like trying to find the button. Yes. Like, it's not an emergency. Fine. <laughs> she's, like, yeah. she's like, it's time for me to call another person. She's going. And I'm yes. like, okay. So good. And then, yeah, so bearing down stage, I was like, right, you have to just chill. You have to just chill. And they said to me, this is it. This is all you. You need to. You need to control it. You need to control it. You've got it. You've got to control yes. it. You've got to control it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And it felt like the longest time ever birthing his head. But I was yeah. like, you could push really hard and be down, and then you'll have four months of recovery like you did with Bon, or you just just breathe and mm-hmm. let it happen. You can mm-hmm. do this, and it will be fine. Mm. So I did, and I breathed, and I breathed, and I moved where I needed to, and I breathed, and his head came out, and I was like, oh, God. And then his shoulders, and then they said to me, sit back, and here he comes. <gasps> I sat back, and Addy came, and they <gasps> grabbed hold of him because they're so slippery. Like, yes. they said that. They're like, he's going to be slippery. And I was like, I did not prepare myself for that. <laughs> pulled him up, and they pulled the cord off because it was like on, over his back and yes. flipped him up. And I was like, <gasps> I did it. And we're in the bath. Yeah. And my oh mum was God. like, you did it. Hubby's crying and kissing me. I cried. I was like, and Liesl's like, you did it. You did it. I was like, thank you. Thank you. She's like, don't thank me. That was all you. It was just, it was amazing. I was like, I did it. (gasps) That was you. You did it. That is just so exciting. (laughs) That is so exciting. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Well done. Well done. Well done. Isn't that birth is so powerful? Yeah. And I think too, mine was like, fuck you, I can do this. Yes. All <laughs> Watch by me myself. Do this. Watch me yes. do this. So um, I had a little second degree and they, the doctor that came to like assess, so she said, usually second degrees the midwives can stitch, but she's like, because of your previous trauma, I yes. want to make sure it's done nicely. So I'm yes. getting a doctor to come see you. Um, and anyway, she came in and was like, Oh, all your other scars are intact. She goes, "You've just made a little one here." Um, we so it was a second degree. Second degree. Oh my god! So my episiotomy <sighs> scar stayed intact. My whole perineum stayed intact. It was just like the inside part had a second degree in there. And she's oh like, "But I will gosh. stitch it." Um, yeah, and I was that's like, incredible. Oh my god! I mean, I cried because I was like, "Oh no, I tore." And Lisa was like, no, no, you've done such an amazing job. It's like he just pushed that little bit there to get himself out. He's just grazed it and, like, pulled through a bit. Like, that's all. Like, it's not yes, what you did. It's exactly. not going to be the recovery you had last time. This will heal no. faster. It's internally, so it's going to heal yes. quicker. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we do it here. Like, you don't have to go anywhere. You can have Bubby on you. Yes. No like, epidural okay. or, or no. general. No. And it is hard. I kind of. And they're like, you can have gas if you want, if you just want to. And I was yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. That's incredible. So then the doctors came and stitched you up. Yeah. So I had the, the gas and they stitched me up. And that was a really vulnerable moment. Right. So I struggled. And letting with that. the doctors come back in. Yeah. And that, to the and like, space. you know, you've done this incredible thing. And then you just sprawled open and they're sewing you up. Like, it yeah. just – it happens so quickly too. Like, hey, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of time in between. Yes. So, I struggle with that in feeling almost violated. Like, yeah. just up in my space. I just pushed a baby out. I was really sore. And you just want nothing down there yeah. after birth. And I feel like – so, his birth was harder, I find. In what way? Like, 
I had to actively push him out. Like, yeah. It was a lot of mental kind of game yes. to keep in the game, to keep going. To voluntarily create yeah, that push rather yeah. than it being it was out just, of your hands. Whereas with Vaughn, I was like, nah, it was like my body did it, three pushes and she was out. Mm-hmm. Like, doom, doom, done. Mm. But then I had all the damage, you mm. know. So, like, after I was stitched up, I got in the shower, I showered myself, I could bend over, I could pee after I had him. Like, so different. Yes. I mean, the urine contractions were intense. It was like a really bad period straight up. And I yeah. was like, what is happening? I feel like crap. Yes. So like lots of heat packs and stuff. And After like, him. Yeah. yeah. And like two days of it and then that was it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is really intense. That just gets like progressively more intense with yeah. each baby. My mum sure. said that. She was like, yeah, once I had your sister, it was like I called the midwives and was like, so why I think I'm in labour again. Wait till you fall. What is happening? Yeah. yeah. And she was like, so each time it gets a little bit more. And I was like, oh, goody. Yes. <laughs> but like – I was sent home that night. Wow. So I got to hospital at 8 a.m. and I left at 5.30 p.m. Oh, like just a casual work day. Just come in, make yeah. a mess and leave again. <laughs> like it was – It was, that was insane. So I did ask to stay the night because I had a toddler at home and was like, I just need a minute yes. to just process that I've yes. just given birth. Um, but they were full and because I was with MGP, I had access to midwives. So yeah. the protocol was I had to go home. Um, yeah. It was straightforward birth. Everything yeah. was fine. He was fine. Yeah. And I was like, righto, we'll go get Bond. Like I wanted Bond to meet him up at hospital before we went home. Okay. I didn't want to just rock up home with his baby. Yeah. So because she knew we'd left and where we'd gone. So um, Maddie went home and got her, got the car seat sorted mm-hmm. and came back in so they could meet. And it was love at first sight. It was the most beautiful thing ever. Um, and then, yeah, we got to go home. So Incredible. I was home by dinner time. Isn't that crazy? You got to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> yeah, so That's that was so nice. Beautiful. Like being at home in Not my own bed. And yeah. yeah. Beeping machines or anything like that. Lights or yeah. – yeah. That was really good. I do en- – I did enjoy that part. Yeah. Um, and I had my sister stay the first night, so she attended to Bond in the morning. So good. Um, and then, yeah, the first week I kind of just stayed in bed. And, yes. Um, yeah, learned how to feed him and be yes. with him. And yes. he was a very different baby to her. She was a feed every three hours, go to sleep, oh. no clockwork. This one um, wanted to be on me constantly. <sighs> Fed at like random times. And yes. yeah, it was really hard to find a groove with him. Especially for the type A gal who likes a good routine and structure and stuff. It can be, yeah, babies like that can be really difficult Mm. to get your head around. Especially because when they say when you have two, um, the baby part's not the new part. It's the toddler bit. Like trying to work out the toddler with the the baby because you've got the baby bit. You got this. Yes, Whole different ball game. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes people say going from one to two is harder than zero to one. Yeah. Yeah. I just it was insane. I was like, he's so different. Like comparing it to my own experience. So like yes. being a second time mum, you kind of have these expectations of yourself that you know what to do. Yes. And you should know what's happening and should be able to do these things. And yeah. you know, it it was such a long twelve weeks to start with with him. Like yeah. Just getting to know him and kind of because I felt so good this time around. Yeah. Because I was like, I went for a walk around the block at a week, which is shy of a week postpartum. I yes. didn't do that for like six weeks with her. Yes. So it, just such a difference with so recovery. Much. I bled for like three days and that was it. 
Like, wow. It was just so different. I did a poo on the second day and, like, messaged everyone. <laughs> I'm a freaking pooping unicorn. I just did my first poo and my insides didn't fall out of me. Oh, you my should gosh. high five that. Like, and I'm high five. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I was like, everyone should high five. I'm telling everyone. I told all my friends. I just messaged my sister and my mom. And I said to Matt, I was like, Matt, guess what I just did? He was like, what? I was like, I just did a poo. And he was like, Good job, babe. And I was like, no, no. Do you not remember my first poo after Bonnie? Oh, like, come on, high five me, man. Yeah. Like that was without any medication. And he was like, okay, babe. Like, you're whereas amazing. My sister was like, yes, go queen. And my so best good. mate was like, yes. I love that. So all my mama friends were like, yes, queen, you got this. Fully understood. Whereas like others were like, good job. Like, <laughs> thanks for sharing your poo with me. Like, it was so funny. That is so funny. But yeah, it so was definitely. So how did that checkup go with? Caitlin, that first checkup, was there anything? She couldn't even there? really see where the scar was. Oh my I couldn't gosh. tell her where she was pushing down. I was like, I can't tell you where it is. And she Isn't was like, Oh my God, your scar tissue looks great. And like, that's healed really well. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's this here. You know, is there any pain? And I was like, No. Nah. And she was like, That's so good. She's going, She's like, I knew you could do it. Like, Amazing. go you. So. Yeah, and I did the Restore Your Core program with her and started doing, like, Pilates with her and stuff yes. afterwards. And Yeah, and she was like, you're moving really well. Like, everything's really good. I had no ab separation this so time. So like, good. So I was like, the preparation in between the two. Like, they were close, really. I was 11 months postpartum when I fell pregnant with him, um, which was my intention, I suppose. Like, it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Just, we were like, righto, let's start trying and yeah. then we're pregnant. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was more about not just taking that first – like if I'd taken that first doctor's opinion, I probably wouldn't have had another one. No way. If I didn't have that kind of fuck you attitude, yes, I wouldn't have had another one. Because Absolutely. when he told me that, I fell apart and I was like, I can't do that again. No. I can't. I'm in so much pain. I'm yeah. so uncomfortable. I can't do that again. I can't yeah. risk that happening again. Yeah. And instead of giving up or just saying, oh, fine, I'll just have a cesarean like you say. Yeah. I was like, no, I can do this. Yeah. And, and you went and seeked external advice Yeah, as and well. I went until I found someone that said, yes, you can. Yes. yes. And, and it wasn't like, yes, you can because that's what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. It was an informed, yes, you can, mm-hmm. if you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I think that's my biggest thing for mamas who have had a significant tear and want to birth again vaginally. Don't just take the first answer. Mm-mm. If you Like, if you don't want to go through that again, 100%, like, I remember the pain and the recovery. Mm. But I was determined not to go through that again, so I found a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, a cesarean would be just as a – uh, an intense recovery as well like it's mm-hmm. a major surgery mm-hmm. so it's not an easy way out by any mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. um but that's just more trauma to your body if mm-hmm. you've already had that, that trauma down there anyway mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um yeah so mm-hmm. uh, my uh, yeah definitely would be yeah. go and find someone who says yes absolutely and arm yourself with people that say yes and support you and don't make you feel like an idiot or brush you off and say, oh, yes, but we will do this because I think this. Yes. Cool. Nice to have your opinion, but this is what I want. Yes. Do your own research. And then when your midwives say or your doctors say, oh, we do this because. Yes. You can go, cool, no worries, but I want this because. Absolutely. Put that in your notes. Yeah. 
Because yeah. they can. They can do anything that you want them to do yes. within legal, you know, kind of realms. But yeah. they don't have to. You do, don't have to do what they recommend. No, they just have to have documented patient refused care. Yes, absolutely. That is all they have to write. So that brings me to one of these three questions that I like to um, all our mamas to answer. So why is it important in your perspective to prepare for birth? Why do we prepare for birth? I think a lot of preparing for birth because it's not something you can just rock up. Like I've seen the things about you don't just go and run a, you know, 50 Mm -hmm. whatever K marathon without Mm -hmm. training, right? Because Mm -hmm. your body won't cope with that. So Mm. it's a similar kind of thing. And if you don't know what it's supposed to be like, it doesn't mean – like some people think if they go in naively and just don't worry about it that Mm -hmm. they won't have trauma because Mm -hmm. they won't know what it should have been, you know? Mm -hmm. So – that's and very true. Yeah. And then, it's just not willing to face that fear. Yeah. And I feel like the more you know, the more you can control that fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it can be easier for you. Mm. Yes, labors can go on for hours and hours and days and days. Mm. Like I have people that say when I say that my first labor was eight hours and 26 minutes pushing, they're like, oh, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Mine was 36 hours. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, what, what did that entail? Mm. And it was just like throughout the day or, you know, oh, when they got there, the midwife just suggested we do this or the doctor mm. suggested we did that. Mm. And they they just go with it. Mm. Um, and that's hard too if you're not in that um, space where you have people that are educated around birth. Definitely. Or that experience birth. Like mm. obviously if you're – with your parents and stuff, that you, your mum might have some sort of experience. Mm. But like with my grandmother, she always says she was, you know, giving birth to my mum and they said they needed to cut and she sucked on the gas and knocked herself out. Yeah. That's how she tells the birth story of my mum. And like that's all she says about birth. Yeah. She never said anything more. Totally. Whereas my mum will tell you like she went into labour at home and this happened and that happened and then she got to the hospital and then these things happened and – you know, she wanted to birth on her back and that like, yes. on the bed and that's what felt good for her and that's what she did. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it and lots of different things. But, um, yeah, yeah, you've got to do what feels right for you. So if you're not sure, find out. that like, yes. Because it's, it's a, a better way for not just your body. Like, obviously, if you know what you're doing and stuff and you have, you're informed, you can reduce things happening. Yes. Um. But, like, the bonding between you and baby with traumas and things like that can be affected. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm. yeah, like, it's it's just an all-rounder for you, for baby, for your family. Like, mm. it's knowing what to expect to some degree. Yes. And my – I think, too, if you want to birth in a hospital, cool. Yeah. I did. Um, but don't just do the hospital's <laughs> birthing. I I'm remember a big my first for one, that. I had thankfully done my hypnobirthing research and stuff, but I did, I think it was only 15 or 16 weeks and I did the birth thing on the hospital Zoom thing because it was COVID time. Yes. And I sat there and I was like, thank God I'm doing hypnobirthing because if yes. that was my introduction to birth, <sighs> I would not be having this baby. Yes. Because it was, oh, we do this and we offer that and we do this and when you get here, we do that. It Mm -hmm. was what we're going to do to you, Mm -hmm. not for you. Mm -hmm. 
these are what we have to offer. We will offer you this. We will give you that. We intervene here. We mm. And I was like, <gasps> nah, that just didn't sit with me. Nah. And, and I think too, if you come away with something like that fearful, look elsewhere. Yes, Look that's elsewhere. so Don't true. Go, and in oh my any God, I'm way, so scared. I'm just not going to. I'm going to ignore it for the next eight yes, months. Like, yes, that baby's got to get out somewhere. <laughs> and no matter what that is, whether that says you see a woman's health physio and brings you fear, yeah. if you go see a some sort of instructor and they give you fear, anybody that you're getting your pregnancy care from, if they stimulate fear, go find somewhere else. Yes, 100%. I agree. If they don't make you feel confident, if they don't make you feel Mm. excited about birth, Mm -hmm. like I think that was the biggest thing. I was so excited about birth with my first, which sounded weird and people were like, oh, how are you feeling about birth? Like it's this terrible thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pumped. Totally. I got this. I want to get water. I want to do this. We're going to do delayed cord cleaving. And I'm like, it's going to hurt like a bitch, don't get me wrong, but I can do this. And I'm not afraid of pain. Yeah. I was yes. like, I got this. Yes. I'm going to breathe. And then like, mm, come and see me once you've had it. You'll want the epidural. Come back after a hypnobirth. They're like, oh. Yeah. So with him, they're like, oh, so you're doing hypnobirthing again? Yeah, I am. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I just find people that make you feel good, make you feel excited about birth. Yes. That... Yeah, make you feel confident in your body and yourself. Whether it's, you know, you might not be able to have a natural birth and that's fine if you want to, you know, you think, yep, I want to use medication or I want to have a cesarean. Mm. That's fine. Like I'm not saying that you can't or shouldn't do any of those things. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. But you want to find someone that supports that. Yes. Whatever it is that feels right to you. Yeah, so if it's like, I want an epidural because that's how I want to birth, then do that. Or I want to – there's still ways to have those positive birth experiences and have it the way you want to have it. 100%. Whether it's, you know, I have to go in for a C-section because of medical issues. Well, find someone that supports that and it's going to make that a beautiful experience for you. Absolutely, 100% guarantee. It's just about being informed and making your own informed decisions. Yeah. I remember I interviewed a doula. So she said to me, because I was like, oh, I'm thinking about having a doula. Yeah. But the thing was like if you had too many people in the room, their mum wouldn't be able to come in. Uh, It was kind of like they were still at that COVID guidelines of like two birth partners. And I was like, yeah, mum pretty much is a doula without being certified. Absolutely. (laughs) She did everything that a doula does, which was really good. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was like, nah, let's just do this. Good idea. Good idea. So my next question, did you have any weird pregnancy cravings? Not really. Oh. No, I didn't have weird With neither of them? No. How good. I like lived on strawberries and chocolate dip with Bon. Ah, yes. And then cheddar shapes. Ah, (laughs) there's some pretty weird pregnancy cravings. So I was like, yep. They were my things. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And did you have names picked out for the bubbers before birth? Yes, I did. So I had a list, have had a list since I met my husband. <laughs> um, so Bonnie is named after Before we get nana. married, are you yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. okay with this list? Are you list? cool with this list? Otherwise, you're not my man. <laughs> no, even funnier. So we had Bonnie on our list originally. And then um, I met his cousin, Bonnie, at a funeral. And I was like, we got home and I was like, Dude, your cousin's name is Bonnie Louise. And he was like, oh, yeah. 
And then two years after that, I find out that um, his grandfather's name is George, and that was also on my list. He's never mentioned that these are family names. Anyway, so Bonnie was my nana's name on my dad's side, and Louise is my middle name, and his cousin, Bonnie Louise, her name is Bonnie Louise. So I was like, well, technically that's her first name. Yeah. Mine would be Bonnie, and then her second name's Louise. So technically different yeah and she's beautiful like I remember um, I had her at my hens and I said to her I love the name Bonnie and my nana's name was Bonnie and I really want to name my daughter Bonnie and she's like yeah I love my name go for it like she was so supportive and I was like that's the only approval I need is the person that has the name and I was like if she's cool with it I don't care what the rest of the family says fuck no no way so yeah she was named so I said to my dad look look if it's a girl um we're pretty sure that, you know, Bonnie is one of the names we want to go with. Otherwise, Ellie, I think, was the other one. Um, and then boys. So, he's Robert um, after my grandfather on my mum's side. Oh. And Christian is Maddie's middle name. And it's the same as Ollie. Yeah. Um, so, Ollie's got Christian as well. Yeah. And then um, we had... George, so Matt wanted Sydney because that's his um, grandfather's name on his mum's side. Um, and he adored his grandfather. So he's like, I want to name my child Sydney. And I was like, oh, I don't like it as a first name. Uh. But I always loved the name George. And then um, his grandfather passed, whose name is George. So I was like, well, we could use that as well. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, if we save that one to the last, we've got George Sydney. Or if it's a girl, it's Georgia Sydney. Yes. <coughs> which still encompasses the, the grandparents' names. So our kids are named after our grandparents, which so I think good. is beautiful. And then um, they've each got our middle names. So. Amazing. So yeah. you plan on having a third? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, so um, yeah, I said that to Liesl. Liesl was like, yes, we need more baby tailors in the world. Yes. <laughs> so, so she was good. like, hit me up. Like, I want to know if you're going to have another one. Like, you uh, need to have another water birth. You were awesome. You got this. So amazing. I was like, okay. Oh, so, well, after that second experience, you're going to feel just so empowered yeah, entering that third. Definitely. Ah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and telling us your amazing story. Anytime. And he was so good, right? He did well, yeah. He's been so good. It was the sweetest thing, him just napping on me before. (laughs) I just melt in those moments. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. All of our podcasts are recorded live in the Facebook group, so you are not only the first to listen to the podcast, but you are able to ask questions throughout the podcast. If you wish to jump into the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes. I would really appreciate if you left a five-star written review, shared this podcast with someone who would appreciate, or even share your recent listen on your social stories. Talk to you soon.